and welcome to the Off-Center Archers. This is episode number 118. This is Anthony. Okay, Doug, you can talk now. And Dougie. <laughs> and uh, we actually got I a guest with us key. today. Um, we got Angel from the High Power Archery Podcast. Yeah, Angel, introduce yourself. Let everyone know who you are, even though you've been here before. Well, I've been here before, yes, and... Much to many people's disappointment, I am still here, though the rumors of my demise were almost fairly fucking accurate, but, but I am still here, and I am archery coach, a critic of bad archery equipment, and uh, now a, uh, I don't know, a, a challenge coach, because you can see that on the new channel, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, so everyone who hasn't heard me before, well, you're screwed now. <laughs> that's a hell of an intro there we go you're screwed folks um <laughs> all right so this was just at the last minute moment that we were like all right everyone let's get together and decide to record this podcast so this was gonna be and don't forget we did record a podcast before this yes yes but man. it got all fucked up and you know yeah yeah happens. So we just threw that one out so which is fine um this is just gonna be a general conversation about archery so you're gonna hear us talk about whatever we want I know I want to pick at Angel's brain when it comes to what's going on in the archery industry because a lot of the opinions are the God same between me and Angel on this stuff. So, yeah, might as well jumping just jumping your ships of pros and shit. Yeah, you, well, people are jumping ships, so yeah. Well, I mean, we can cover a whole vast area of what's going on in the archery industry. So, let's start with the easy topic. What is everyone's opinion on all the new stuff? That's well, I should do that in quotations the new stuff that is coming out in archery you mean the new stuff that's not really new and it's re really recycled rehash bullshit from before yes that's it that's exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about it's slightly better but you know still old well for right for me right now archery is going through a motion picture phase you know we don't have any new movies anymore they just keep on remaking old shit yep Oh, we're so, in the reboot phase. Yeah, we're in reboot phase. Everything's exactly the same. Um, all the stuff that I see lately is just old concepts that they are redressing into something else and correcting little stuff that maybe was screwed up before. Um, but basically, I look at it like this. If it didn't work last time and people didn't like it, dressing it with different media and advertising is not going to help it this time. I totally agree. Like everybody is fucking doing it. <laughs> it's uh it's not a good thing at all and you can pick wherever you want to start with that because as you know i don't hold back and regardless of how i feel about psc or anybody else i'm not gonna pull any punches i will let it roll well i i mean to me like i i completely agree i don't think there's anything new realistically coming out right now you know as much as everyone it jumps on the bandwagon of all the new hotness of the shit that comes out None of it's really new. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what you're talking about there. Yeah, sure, Doug. Yeah, like you don't know. Um, you know, you have companies running the same cams now for damn near a decade. Granted, PSE did do an update. Now there's the Evolve 2 cam and the S2 cam and stuff like that. So, yes, they actually did an update. They're not still running the same. M2 cam. 
the M2 cam, yes. So, Which I don't think was a good thing, by the way. <laughs> well, no. Well, I mean, you can still get the standard EC cam if you yeah. request it on the target bows, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, all right, let's fuck it. Let's just jump at it. Team Yellow. Uh, <laughs> they've met these people. I'm, I'm not going to knock it. The concentric, cam, concentric, whatever the fuck it's called. That cam is a fantastic, smooth cam. Granted, it's slower than anything fucking PSEs makes. Even fucking 10 years ago, most of my bows are faster than the, the new shit from Matthews now. Um, so there's not a lot of like innovation, in my opinion. We're getting to the same point where bows are all being released at 340 to 345 feet per second. They're all the same. You know, uh, people are jumping back and forth between the same measurements. Every three years, it's one year to 31, then it's a 33, and then it's back to a 32, and then we just start the cycle the fuck all over again. Except for now, you know, since uh, Pope and... What, what, what is it? Pope and what? Jesus. The guys who keep the counts Pope for... Pope and Young? Pope and Young, yes. When they started Pope allowing 28-inch yeah. bows, that's when Matthews made their 28 that Stephanie happens to shoot. So... Mm-hmm. That's perfect for a win. Yes, yes, yes. Especially if you're five foot two, nothing like that. had a twenty-eight two for a while. They had the evolved twenty-eight. Right. Yeah. yeah PSC they, evolved. They had out for, for a bit. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it, it just it, the only like advances I see as of lately coming out are tuning based. Bowtech obviously has their their locking system that allows you to slide the cam back and forth. Um, Elite has it built into the. Um, oh God! Why am I? Freaking blanking out today. Uh, Elite has it built into the pocket. Right, so into the pocket, yes. They're right. in the pocket. Botex in the cam. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you may have forgotten, PSE had the same shit on their pockets year, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it was the same, and they, they had it on the Perform X, had it. Um, they both suffered from the same. Well, the PSE version suffered from I don't know where where center zero is, so how the hell yeah. do I get it back into the center? Yeah, that was a that, yeah, that, that was, yeah, awesome. was a plane I had with my performers trying to get that bitch back into the center. I was like, what the where the yeah, there's I no, no markings, no nothing. Yeah, I lost count on taking perform X's account, uh, apart just to recenter everything after about number fifty. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, Elite has found a way to get a, a definite stop on it, but they could use the same thing where they should have some kind of a center mark. They haven't come up with that yet. Oh, that is true. Yeah. No, I thought one. I thought one of the new models now. What is it? The, the Omnia actually has like hash marks on it, but they're actually. It probably does. I haven't seen an Omnia. Yeah. Yeah, but they seem like they're quite far apart. It's not like you know they're at least I would say over a sixteenth of maybe a sixteenth, maybe slightly larger apart from each other. So there's quite large gaps, and even like the center zero line. I mean, the lines look like they're kind of thick. You know. Yeah, so I had one of the new target bows in my shop when I was working with a friend of mine couple of months ago and all i did was zero it out to one side on the top and the bottom and then count how many turns it took to get to the other side split it in half and i was in the middle oh that's a great idea there you go and it worked out fine um i think it's a idiot proof system that one is good the Botech one i really don't care for and i'll tell you why it does do the shifting of the actual cam shift the cam shift the pockets it's all the same shit actually mm-hmm. the problem with shifting a cam there's two things you have to you have to unlock one thing 
make the adjustment, and I just feel that the average person could forget to do that relock, and that just spells disaster. It's like for somebody who's used to tuning their own bows, it's fine. For someone's a newbie, I see disaster happening with that system. That is a good point. You know, I guess that'd be one of those make yourself a checklist before you keep going. Yeah, like uh, put well, you your that back on before though. you draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many people have come to me with their bows in full draw saying, I don't know what to do? I'm like, oh, gee. Yeah, and then gee. stick that back in a press and try to fix it. Wow, nice. But yeah, there's nothing really, everything that's coming out now is a rehash of stuff that existed before. Um, I think they're just, in some cases, they're still just recycling names. Yeah, they are. Um, and then the other thing is, as far as speed goes, you've hit a wall. I right. think even though Bowtech for years has been advertising 350 feet a second, legit, show me one of their bows that actually shot 350 feet a second. Oh, yeah. All the I reviews last, it. was it all the reviews last year of the SR350? Not one of them was doing over 335. No, so. and they, they, no matter who it is, and they're doing it with a 350-grain arrow at 70 pounds and 30 inches of draw, and they still hit about 335, 340. Right. And that's all they bows. That's pretty much everybody. So I think we've hit the mechanical edge of how far we can go. So mm -hmm. somebody's going to have to come up with something different to generate more power, either a different limb material or different pulley and cam system. It's really, really hard to say where all this crap is going to go, but now when you get to the point where you hit the wall, you just have to start tweaking old stuff and trying to make it sound better, much like car dealers do. Right. But uh, that's where we are right now with it. Yeah, see, that was in a conversation I actually had with Steph about uh, about the speed on bows. How right now, nothing has ever been faster than the full throttle. You know, even like the Omen is like three fifty six or something like that. And before that, the Expedite maxed out at 360. It still was not as fast as the full throttle was. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, what was it? Obsession made the lawless where they claimed it was 370 feet per second, and it was barely doing 340. So, yeah. you know, she was their, like... Their well, chronos are broke. <laughs> maybe, who knows? But Steph had pointed out the fact of, you know, with all the way technology's going, this and that and the other, is there a possibility that someday they'll add electronic cams instead. They'll be like uh, retracting drive motors that will be faster than a cam can rotate. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. Now I'm going to have to fucking contemplate the engineering in my brain because I'm going to get stuck on it about the fucking Terminator bow that's going to come out that's probably going to have like the Tim Gillingham giant overdraw shooting some 24 inch, 20 to 22 inch fucking, you know, crossbow bolts and shit. And I'm like, Wow, you know, and, and that, that's the bad part. Like, I go into like that. I can build a motor that's tiny and super fast and driven like that. And you know, the only thing that would be to me would be the bitch would be syncing electronic cams to your trigger release. That would have to be the go button. So you'd have to have an electronic trigger. Well, like I went crazy fucking thinking about this shit all day long. And I'm like, well, hey, if you do this and this and that and that, and she just looks at me like you're going fucking too deep there, Elon. Calm down. <laughs> So you haven't heard the Tesla cam. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Elon, if you ever hear this shit, the I'm the one that's on it. Coming to a bow near you. <laughs> and then we go to a rage and there's it's littered with Tesla chargers for the bows. Well, 
Here's the thing. I know for a fact that back in the day, and I'm talking about the late 90s when people were still shooting aluminum arrows and, and overdraws, there were bows that were shooting 400 feet a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys had the shortest arrows in the world. Granted, it wasn't the safest thing to shoot. If you put an overdraw on a modern bow, you might mm -hmm. be able to do the same. The thing is getting carbon that's stiff enough that it won't blow up on you. Oh, yeah. You're, you're talking like 150 spines. There's my old, my old 80 pound. 150 spine, if you're lucky, you're shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> my old 80 pound Summit 2 that's sitting under my desk here with me. Because <laughs> if you had a legit, like these African arrows that they make that have like 100 spine or something like that, and you set that sucker on a, you know, a six inch overdraw, Ooh. you would probably generate 375, 400. God. But would you imagine. be comfortable doing that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No, no. Like I, I've shot the full throttle, and I was like, God, this is so tempting. This thing is so damn fast. But if you were slightly lazy, say goodbye to your shoulder. I mean, <laughs> she she was taking you for a ride. So, well, run. speed speed is what's craved by the hunting public, not the guys, the actual people who buy stuff for hunting. Um, and here's here's the deal with that. So. If you're craving shooting 400 feet a second because you're afraid that the animal's going to move on you, you're probably a shitty hunter to begin with. Oh, yeah. So you can't get close enough to do it. Now, I've done bombs, like I told you guys, at over 100 yards. Mm -hmm. If the animal's not aware of it, it's death from above, and here it comes. Mm -hmm. A target shooter doesn't give two shits about that. What people want speed for in the target world is flat, flat shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you know your drops and you have your cuts and your calculations, it really doesn't matter anyway. I agree. I agree. I mean, it, well, I think it also comes down, like, if, if you're going to keep an animal that's unaware, you know, lighter arrows obviously make the bow louder. So the animal's going to hear it. And that's something that, like, yeah. I had to get through my head, even for me, the dude who's been a speed nut forever. Yeah. Shooting a 420 no. grain out of the inertia is a fucking mistake. It sounds like a goddamn shotgun going off. <laughs> you know, and the second I get past, I want to say 460. Like, I think right now my carnivores are 468, I believe. But I have 125 yeah. grain heads, 75 grain screw-ins. You know, we, I've been toying with the weight for something that's reliable and actually accurate. Yeah. Um, playing with different angles and stuff like that on fletchings. Like I, I bought this, the, the crazy Arizona easy fletch that does the six degree helical on a two inch. Vein, oh yeah. Which it's really, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I did a slow motion video where I set my phone on my gate to just record and see what happened. I swear to God, the arrow was like three inches out of the bow and it was already spinning. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. These are crazy. Okay, cool. You know? So, like, the stabilization just from the twist, like, is almost immediate. But, um, you know, it, it became like, okay, I have to figure out what's the happy medium because this bow is arrogantly loud. And, yep. But I want to build a setup where <laughs> I can shoot them on the if, inertia if I feel like it, but I can also know it's reliable on the EVL. And ended up that this 300 spine setup with the 75 grain heads it shoots perfect out of both bows. It doesn't matter what I want to do with it. I'm like, all right, cool. This is a great setup for both. Cool. And both yeah. bows right now are set to the same thing. They're both 72 pounds. Granted, the EVL is a slouch compared to the inertia, but yeah. 
you can relax shooting the EBL and if you slightly reacts, uh, relax with the inertia, it makes you its bitch. So, you know, each one has its give and take. Yeah, I've felt that. So, well, the inertia is the original speed bow. So that that's what it's for. It's a demanding cam. That's what it's built to do. Oh yeah, that IC cam is crazy. I love it. It's 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 it is so arrogant, which Your is actually kind of funny. Anymore. If you look now, it it it's cl- it's a close comparison. If you look now at let's say the S2 cam, because that's for the shorter draw. If you get the 33 inch bow, it, it it pretty much stops dead nuts at either 29 and a half or 30 inch draw. So I'm like, woohoo, it's my draw length. Cool. Um, it is literally like someone took the IC cam and just said, oh, let's make it into an Evolve cam. It looks, yeah. it almost looks the same. You're like, it's like a, a half an inch larger than the IC cam. It's the same shape. It has that same psychotic fucking turn on the top of it. And I'm like, this is just a snazzy brand new IC cam with the inert, with the, you know, the, uh, Evolve setup on it. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, but. when I first tried them, I didn't like them because they've got that nasty hump in the back. Mm-hmm. And when you're drawing back, especially if you try to draw back silently, where it's not the bow you have to worry about drawing back on an animal. It's your sound that you're making where all of a sudden you're drawing, you're drawing, drawing. It lets go and drops down into the valley. And you're like, Oof. and yeah, all of a sudden the they can hear you do it. So that's <laughs> why I don't like it. I don't like the sudden surprise valley that shows up. I don't like any of that stuff. So I stood with my EVL instead of upgrading it to the new one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hell no, I'll stick EC cam for the rest of my life. I don't care if they never make another one again. That's what I'll use. That's why I'm not a fan of that system. But like everything else, it's a repeat of something else. I'll add a couple of other Rex's inventions to it. Mm-hmm. And you make a new cam and just call it something else. It's it's all the same thing, just being rehashed all over again. Dude, for me, like the, EV, the, the Evolve cam, it took some getting used to to me. So because it was, you know, going from the inertia to the EVL was a drastic difference. It was like, I'm an arrogant hunting bow to I'm a comfy hunting bow. So, you know, (laughs) it it was so strange. And when I first got it, I was like, this is what the Evolve 35, because I had originally bought Steph the Evolve 35. And I'm like, we really need the 28. You're tiny or the 31. Get one of the. No, I want the 35. All right, listen, whatever. You buy your, your happy wife, happy life. You know, I ran with it. What the fuck ever. Somehow then the bow <laughs> became mine, and then it became Doug's, and then it went into the fucking ether. Whatever. Um, it, it, for me personally, it took a while for me to get used to the Evolve cam, because when you go from bows like the Decree and the Inertia and those crazy bows that have that hump and you really have to work to keep the form and all that stuff, and then I get this hunting bow, I'm like, this th- this cam is fantastic for a target bow, but I feel lazy. Yeah. Granted, getting rear-ended by a Freightliner and then screwing up my spine. Mm. Now I'm like, I love the Evolve cam. This thing is so cushy, it's great because I'm getting older. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it did. Like, for me, when I got to perform, <laughs> that was the first time in my head where it was like, this fucking cam makes sense. This yeah. Evolve, like, shooting to perform, yeah, the, the weight, and then, granted, Six months later, I get rear-ended by a fucking freight liner in the work truck and fuck my shoulder up. So then the weight of the performance itself, itself became the problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it felt great. And then as, you know, 
realizing I'm going to deal with this problem forever. I just got it in my head like, okay, just, just do yourself the favor. Just shoot the living shit out of the EVL. Leave it on 80%. Don't go any higher than that. You, I like the heavier let off, whatever. You know, I'm, I wasn't going to bother going and getting the fast mods, whatever, because even with the 400 and what is it? I think they're like 468 grains, my carnivores. Even with those, I'm still like 288. So I'm still like good tunable speed. The bow is super fucking quiet. Yep. So, and it was like, okay, I have a give and take here. And literally it took me leaving the inertia in the case and not touching the fucking thing for months to finally get it through my head. Like 80% let off on a hunting bro is pretty nice. It's like, okay, cool. And then the first time I took the inertia out, I was like, fuck me. I forgot this thing is sexy, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> it, it, it was so strange because like, you know, I have the inertia set up still, no matter what, just for hunting. I, ha I've, I fixed that broken ass um, trophy taker Smackdown Pro that I had because, you know, they can't make yeah. a, a You finally piece. fixed it? Oh, yeah, I finally fixed it. It literally took me taking a torch to it to get the red Loctite to loosen <laughs> up and breaking the bolt loose, taking the file at work to it, re-smoothing it out, squaring the locking bolt in play, uh, that was in there that was stupid because it was a round-headed bolt trying to hold a double-sided shaft in place. So I filed the end of it off, made it square, and then now I have square-on-square square contact so it's locked in place. But I have the inertia set up at all times just for hunting. So it's got a five-pin Rocky Mountain, which I have my beefs with that that site itself it's a five pin it's 19 thousandths pin it's something i would normally have ran years ago no problem mm. i don't know who's making rocky mountains fibers because it's not like oh you know you get to some of them like you know uh, some of the true glows out oh, the, 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 the pins are kind of fucking dim no these bitches will blind you they are so <laughs> fucking bright you're like which pin am i looking at and when you're shooting the inertia that, you know, your entire spread from 20 to 60 might barely be over an inch, there's a good chance they're so bright they're getting blurred together. You're like, oh, fuck, which pin do I got to aim with? So it's like, it's one of those sites I would say. Well, you're you, good at dust with that bow. Dude, I swear to God, if you are in a cloudy area in the fucking woods where there's barely any light, they would be perfect. They would be absolute fucking tits to aim with because they would still be bright. If you're in South Carolina, you know, something like that, it's you know, it's probably the material they're using, and I would almost bank that if it's that that bright, that they're actually using fiber optic material from like a cable company and just putting it in there because the fiber optics that you see on a lot of a lot of sites are not true fiber optics, and all they are is extruded plastic that happens to transmit light. Oh yeah, yeah. And well, these are some like NASA level brightness. So someone needs to get a contract <laughs> with fucking space shuttles. You could send fucking signals to Jupiter with these fucking things. It's retarded. <laughs> you know. Well, and it's a, I, it's I, the I mean, cheapest dovetail on the market too. I think brand new. It's like $129. It's like the budget dude's well, fucking wet dream for a five pin with a dovetail. Granted, it is a two inch housing. So I have to max that shit out. You know, even with me, have what do I have on that bow? 
I have the quarter inch Hamski Raptor peep on that thing, which which is kind of shocking. I was like, yeah, I gotta try it, whatever, you know. It's it's Hamski, it's mm. Tim Gillingham, and I you know, I gotta give it a whirl. Props to Tim Gillingham. I fucking hate tube peeps. I, I you know, and I'm and this is coming from the specialty archery fucking fanboy that I've had specialty archery peeps on every bow I've ever owned. Doug's got them on his uh. bows and shit. I tried the podium peep. I took that shit off that bow in two weeks. I after all the fucking money of getting the lenses and this and that, and I'm like, fuck this thing. <laughs> and then I buy this stupid raptor. I'm like, whatever, bro. It's like 20 bucks on eBay. It's brand new. Let me let me fucking try it. It's Tim Gillingham. That was the only thing I had in my head. It's Tim Gillingham's company. Let me fucking try this. Bro, that has to be the best tube peep I've ever used in my entire life. Like the whole stupid shit about, well, we made grooves in it to stop the fucking reflection and blah, 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 engineering nonsense. Bro, it actually works. There is no glare in that fucking open peep at all. It's fantastic. It's the yeah, strangest shit. Yeah, I never had a problem with, I never had a problem with two peeps like that. Most people have a problem with them because they're a bitch to get them to line up. Mm-hmm. And if they're off by a little bit, it makes the shot so much different. Mm-hmm. And it also makes the light transmission different. So if you're one of these people who your peep fucking spins all the time, you're basically up a creek oh, yeah. uh, if you can't get it to behave. So a good shop will know how to set it up for you. But if your strings are questionable or the shop doesn't know what the hell they're doing, you're you're done. It's not going to work, and you're going to want to throw that shit out. Oh, yeah. It's just the way it works. But speaking of sights, um, if you want to go on that subject for a little bit, let's go. Ooh, I think yeah, let's go because everybody I'm, I'm trying to debate what kind of scope I want to get next. Well, somebody, <laughs> somebody, when I was uh, laid up for a while, somebody brought me a site to take a look at, and it seems that it's making the rounds on the internet right now. I know which one you're talking about. And the concept is strange, but I, I, I'm like this, like everyone's saying, well, we're not getting paid to, to say this is a great site. It's just the fact that it's a great site. And the only thing I can say to that is bullshit. I've looked at this site and you know which one I'm talking about. Yep. And I say, listen, I won't name it. My name is, but it's got a big fucking white wheel in the middle of it. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, but I looked at it and it was made suspect the way I looked at it. Like this thing will not put up with a lot of abuse. Oh yeah. The yeah. Concept, yeah. The concept of bending a bar towards you so that it makes your gap smaller on the, on the, on the lower end. Uh, it's a nightmare for calculating tapes. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. I'm seeing because tapes, oh. ba- tapes for me have always been based on a standard metric that your bow drops a certain amount after a certain given distance. And then if you look at the gaps, they're all pretty much the same for most bows. If you have a fairly good shooting bow, when you start changing that dynamic and point the bottom towards you, where it's supposed to make the gap smaller, that just throws all that shit out the window. So all the programs that calculate this stuff, good luck. It's not going to work. Oh yeah. No, I I absolutely agree. See now from what I understand, because I actually got emails from them about it, which was shocking because my really? first thought is, who, who's sending me emails? Have you heard me talk? It's not a good idea, <laughs> you know? What did they say? It was like, you oh, know, we're reaching out to YouTubers and podcasters, you know, to see if people want to try this stuff out. And, you know, it was the, 
you know, first buyers program style thing, whatever. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a sales pitch. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I understand. Like we had the whole conversation of, well, why is it tilted? Okay. You know, when you're at full draw and the farther down you go, people have a tendency to try and look through the bottom at a peep. And all of a sudden they see around the scope and this is supposed to bring the scope lower for the correction and blah, blah, blah. So, so it's supposed to keep your eye alignment with the scope you know together with it this way the farther you go out and the more you're trying to look through the peep on an angle you know obviously the peep will start to become oblong the farther out you shoot and the farther down you have to look so as they bring it in it's supposed to eliminate the oblong image that you would see through the peep therefore correcting the vision problem of seeing too much around the peep the farther out you oblong um your view so, and I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense, but there's kind a problem. Uh, and they were <laughs> like, well, what's the problem you see? My peep is still oblong. No matter which way you look at it, the farther I get out, the se- for me, I know for a fact, it's, it's roughly about 85 yards, depending on which bow I'm shooting. You know, mm-hmm. And that's where I start to see light on the sides and the exact image top to bottom. So, and I just have to say, okay, I just have to rationalize, get the the, roughly the same close amount of light image on both, focus on my center and just fucking shoot. And I'm used to that type of shit because I've been doing that for years with it. And I was like, it's still not, you're still going to get light on the sides no matter what, because if you don't have an oblong scope, you, but you have an oblong image in your peep, they're still not going to match up. I was like, if you want to make something like that, It's like, I hate to say it, you need to take the image of the option archery scope and just flip that bitch Mm -hmm. sideways. And there you go. You got 125 yards and an oblong scope and you got an oblong peep and everything fucking lines up. I knew you'd say that. (laughs) Nevertheless, I never got a fucking email again. (laughs) So (laughs) There must have been like, God damn it, this dude might know some engineering shit. Come on, click (laughs) So. Well, well, this this guy brought it to me so I could look at it. He's like, I'm thinking about putting this on my bow. I'm like, you already bought it? He says, well, yeah, I got it right here. I forget where he got it. I think he might have gotten it at Lancaster. I have no idea if he got it directly from them. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the site, and I'm like, okay, tell me you can get your money back for this thing. He goes, why? It's the best thing out there. I'm like, it's built like shit, number one. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion, I think it's built like shit. If you put it on a very, very intense bow, and he, he was shooting uh, – oh, what the hell was he shooting? Uh, a one of the PSCs, I forgot the name, uh, the one that was really, really fast a couple of years ago. The anyway, he, yeah, the Expedite. Oh. And that bow is wicked when it comes to vibration because it's just the way it's built. Yes, it is. Uh, I said, you will shake this thing apart every time you shoot it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He absolutely. goes, oh, but it's supposed to put up with it. I said, dude, would you put a twenty-two scope on a shotgun? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> no, I'm like, it's the same shit. It's going to fall apart. Either something's going to move. I looked at the way they adjust the scope and all that. Like, it's built like shit. I said, it may be great for the casual shooter who's going to shoot target. But if you're planning on hunting and beating the shit out of this thing, it's going to fail you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, they won't give me my money back. And I'm like, well, then you're screwed with it. You make the best of it that you can get, that you can make. But it's, again, it's one of those things where just because it's fucking new doesn't mean it's great. Oh, yeah. No, I and agree. And this is the problem that I see. And 
Everyone is saying that they're not being paid to, to to sponsor this thing. I'm telling you, it it's too much of a coincidence with every everybody, their second cousin and their and their un, you know illegitimate nephew is saying this is great, this is great. We just got this and we decided to test it. Yeah, bullshit. They're paying people, and it's one of those things where I personally believe that they're selling more to their quote unquote pro staff than they are to the public. So if 80% of your sales are done through your quote unquote discounted pro staff, are you really selling something to somebody? You're nope. selling it to your staff. It's all you're doing. I'm sorry, so but it's a, you know, the first thing that popped <laughs> into my head when you said that it was Oprah and you got a site and you got a site and you got exactly. a site. <laughs> exactly. And the whole thing is that like, let's just say that someone sets a site price at $350, but you can get in on our pro staff and as long as you're advertising stuff for us and you're, you know, you're repping our image everywhere you go, instead of paying $350, we're going to give you to for $279. That's a savings of like 80 bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. And people are like, I'll do that. Oh, yeah. And they didn't oh, realize yeah. that they're the primary sales channel for it. They're selling to them. They don't give a shit about selling to anybody else. I know. <laughs> That's I, what happens. I mean, I, I I get jokes about that shit all the time because everybody knows. Like, you know, when it comes to, like, bow hunting sites and whatever, there's only two companies, technically three, that I would mess with personally. And one everyone knows is HHA. Yeah. My optimized, my kingpin fucking whatever the hell it's been called that I've converted it now to dovetail. That thing is fucking built like a tank, even with the inertia. The inertia was another one. It was a vibrating machine because of how fast it was. I lost, I think I'm on the third little screw that adjusts your third axis, your, you know, your side, your sideway motion for the scope. Yeah. That, that bitch has disappeared like three fucking times now because of how bad <laughs> I've dropped the bow. I've like, even on the EVL now, because I, I put it on the EVL. That that fucking scope and sight have taken its it's it's gotten its ass kicked in the last like six or seven years. I've owned it, and you know even Doug knows it because we spoke about it on the one podcast where I was like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I still don't have a reason to buy another sight. There has been nothing in my opinion besides you know if Spot Hog comes is when Spot Hog started doing the double pin. I was I was really interested in that. The only thing I don't like about the Spot Hog is the big gear is plastic. I'm not a fan of that shit. I like the metal. Yeah. So that's the only reason I never switched over to Spot Hog. You know. So it was like there's still no reason. And now I'm like losing my fucking mind because HHA released the two pin the two pin vertical stack rise and I'm like I want one. It's it's like the first time in years where I'm even <laughs> remotely interested in buying a fucking sight for any of my bows, because now I, I'm I'm kind of done with the whole well, you target bow shit. Back in the day when the ultra views first dropped too. The, no, that's the scope itself. I'm talking like yeah. the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, the, the whole ultra view. Yeah, but even HHA is on the ultra view fucking bandwagon now. Now they sell the conversion for the the yep. rise and all of that shit, so you can buy the rot. No, well, technically. It's a tetra frame, and then you're attaching the ultra view scope to it. But mm -hmm. and even ultra view now, I mean, they, I can't knock Kelby and all of them. Those kids are just their brains are so fucking far out there when it comes to thinking of shit. They released a hunter scope, and now there's a double pin hunter scope. And so who the fuck knows where these young kids are just gonna just figure out what the fuck is next? I mean. The first version of the UltraView scope was cool. The UV2 was way fucking better. This UV3 fucking thing is absolutely insane. 
The, oh yeah. You know, the automatic timer for a feet of time shut off. You ain't got to worry about your batteries fucking dying. Cause you're a dumbass and didn't turn that shit off. Like, that in the XL. That's the Hunter one. Technically. I mean, they do make a Hunter cartridge for the 30, but if you're hunting with a 30 millimeter scope, you're fucking talented. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I do it with an inch and five eights, maybe. Well, the XL is really good for 3D too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you know, uh, well, even like Excel now, uh, uh, another company I can't knock because that's one of the other three. It's either HHA, the Excel, the uh, was it the Armor Tech single pin like what that has the yeah. AV forty one like Doug shoots, you know, and Spot Hub. That's the only three I'm gonna mess with. My buddy down here had the black gold shit, and dude, it was, I told him not to buy it. I feel bad because everyone thinks like, oh, you just do like black gold. I've literally watched one, some, one of my buddies in New York drop his bow and watch the head snap off it. So right there, I'm like, but he was all like pissed off too. He's like, you know, oh, it's not funny. You know, if you drop your, uh, your bow with the HHA on that, it'll break. And this is what I have the inertia. I threw the fucking bow. I was like, really? And I threw it. <laughs> I picked that bitch up. I'm like. I'm going to aim at that tree right there. And I fucking pinwheeled the tree exactly where I was aiming. I'm like, hmm, my sight didn't move. Yours sucks. And I just kept on walking. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, don't buy it. I was like, I've literally seen them fall and seen that there is plastic parts inside the gearing. And that's why it snaps. Don't buy yeah. it. Don't buy it. And, you know, you know it, 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 there's like so many things why, why people are like, you know, I'm just an HHA fanboy. Prove me fucking wrong. My sight is the only thing I've always had a problem with HHAs are so fucking heavy. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's no argument there. That bitch is a fucking tank. I think it's, what the fuck? What was it? 16.8 ounces? Yeah. Or something. It it was heavy as shit. We weighed Doug's sight that's on his his perform, and it's like 11. With the scope, with everything (laughs) on it, it's like 11. I'm like... Why the fuck is this? Well, whatever. And the first thing that's on my head, well, I've dropped this bitch numerous times and nothing's ever happened to it. This thing built like a fucking tank. You know? It's, well, some people complain about the weight. I think it's the quality that you got to look at. If it's going to take a beating, it's worth it. Now, this year, I didn't get a chance to use it. I, um, I shot it for a while at the range, but I, I don't go hunting unless I'm completely zeroed in and I had everything going on anyways. So it didn't make a difference. But I put the Burris Oracle 2 on on one of my bows and that's the range that's finder really one. the range finder one yeah right. it takes a little getting used to the way it lights up and all that but it's in dead as nuts range finder it does work and it's built solid my whole thing with that is it looks like it's not built too solid if you dropped it something might break mm-hmm. every other company will be like well if you dropped it you broke it too bad they they don't care if you crack the thing in half they'll give you another one Oh, nice. That's just the way that they are, and it's a lifetime warranty for it. They don't care how, how old it is. And I ha- I've been pretty clumsy with it. I haven't broken anything on it. Would I say that I would trust this one as much as a spot hog or something like that? No, I wouldn't. Does it do what I want it to do? Yeah, pretty much. And for people who can't judge for shit, it's perfect for them. It does the job. And they're not spending the 1200 bucks that the, that the new one from uh, – Oh, I forgot the name of those from Garmin. Garmin. You know, that they want for, yeah, it's not worth it. So the Garmin is slowly fading away, and the Burris is like mid range, 600 bucks, whatever it is. And I'm like, is it worth $600? Uh, no, you can just get, a, get yourself a rangefinder and 
brain fight it with it and use your pins or whatever. Mm-hmm. The only thing it does do, it does the same thing that the Garmin does and drops the pin exactly where it's supposed to be, which is fun. And it does, it does the job as a physical pin. And if it, the battery dies, you have other pins you can actually put in there and it actually lights up. So that's cool huh. for, for me. It does work. Um, but again, like you're saying, you need something that's hard as nuts, depending on what kind of person you are. If you like to bump stuff around, then you better not buy something that's going to fall apart. Now, that new site we were just discuss- discussing, how long do you think that's going to last in somebody's hands before they snap it in half? Oh, I would it, probably it break it off. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, you, if, if Arthur was here, Arthur would verify that my bow has fallen over repeatedly. It doesn't matter <laughs> if I put the little stands on it or whatever. For some reason, my bow's like, oh, I'm faint. And it just fucking falls over. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. And then we look at it because, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to scribe it because that little screw fucking disappears on me all the time. So I actually scribed mine where it's supposed to be. And, and I'm like, nope, still in line. Has it moved? Cool. So just keep on going for the day, whatever. You know, so, so that's the thing going on with sites where everyone comes out with something and then they try to say it's better than everybody else and it's all the old shit. Getting back to the companies, now, now we're seeing that the companies are doing – when I talked to Richard on his podcast, they said, listen, there's a wave of stuff that happens with these companies. And it rolls and it goes on and repeats itself every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So now, now we're at the whole thing where if you've looked at the pro staffs for everybody – Look what happened. Everybody a couple of years ago left Elite, left Hoyt and, and uh, Matthews, and they all went to Elite. Right. And then everybody left Elite, and they went back to Hoyt and Matthews. And then all of a sudden, people went to Bowtech. And now, in case you haven't seen, everybody, their mother and their third cousin, has gone to PSE. Right. And that's where they are. And as someone who shot pro and knows a lot of these people firsthand, um, I will always say that the company spending the most money is attracting the worst human beings on the planet for their pro staff, and they've got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I will say all the worst people they got, and I'll guarantee you in about a year or two, they'll all be gone and gone going to some other company again. Because a couple of years ago, everybody was going to Martin because Martin was like the big thing. Right. And then Martin stopped paying people or whatever the hell that scandal was, and, the, and people broke apart. And I, I look at it like this. If you're going to judge a company based on who their pro staff is, don't bother because that doesn't mean shit. These oh, people agree. change companies like they change their underwear. And I had somebody talk to me the other day and they're like, oh, well, you know, Rio is, is still at, at Matthews, so Matthews must be the move. I'm like, well, they just happen to people who are he has a contract with right now and they're paying him the most. If he was to move somewhere else, he'll move somewhere else. It doesn't make a difference based what you're going to buy on – you know, on what you see on the bow and you trying it because the first thing they said to me was, I want to try this new eight limb bow out. I'm like, what in the fuck do you want to do that for? Um, for everything that people can say is good about it. I come up with 10 things that are bad about it, but to each his own, if you're a Matthews guy and you think he's the best thing since cheese, go for it. I just see a lot of problems with it. Well, I I don't know, man. Like, you know, uh, it's like I've said it like a thousand times. Like, I really don't have anything against Matthews. I really don't. I don't think they know how to make a grip. I I don't think they know how to make a grip to save their fucking life. I don't. That's why everybody else makes their grips. That's why, yeah. That's why everyone else, you know, when I had the Halon, I had a grip from somebody else. Stephanie has the Ultra View Chris B grip on hers. and But the the bows are nice. They're, They're not as fast as a lot of the bow techs. I mean, and it's not a huge difference. It's like eight feet per second, realistically, if you buy the normal yeah. bows that are spec'd out at 340. So it's like eight, five to eight feet. That goes along. 
that also goes with their target line. Right. Their target line hasn't changed for shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like version two or some stupid shit. But, you know, it's it's kind of like I got asked the other day, like out of all the Matthews bows that I've shot, and I've shot, Steph had the Verdict. She, what does she have now? The V3X? No. We didn't buy one last year. So she has the V3 in 28 inch. Yeah, that's right, because the V3X was 29. So she has the 28 V3. I've shot the 3153 VX. I shot the Traverse. I shot all of these Matthews. I, I get to shoot Matthews. I get to shoot PSE. Pretty much whatever I want to fucking touch, I get to play with everywhere. I've managed to keep my hands off a of prime, which is kind of stupid because <laughs> a lot of people down here have primes. And I'm like, I, I really do have the option to shoot them if I want. I just keep forgetting to, which is kind of stupid because one of the two shops that I deal with, which is Archery Shack, is the prime dealer and uh, Saluda River is the Matthews guys. And Darton. Yes, and Darton. So, but Archery Shack makes my strings. And I keep forgetting to be like, hey, Jeremy, I really want to fucking try a prime. I really do. I've got to watch Devin Merritt, who's one of my buddies, that he shoots primes all the, uh, that's all he shoots now. He's the one that informed me about the whole, like, how Prime has this specific page of the bows that didn't sell. And he bought, like, the bow that you, at one time, I think it was, like, 1500 bucks, And he got it for, like, sub 400 brand new, still in the box, yeah. which is crazy. Yep. So, you know, it, it's, it's it, I don't know. It, the it's, one it's, dig it's, on Prime for years was their 47-piece string sets. Yo, I know. And they were a bitch to tune, this and that. Um, I learned how to tune them if you do pre-measurements and you know where to measure on the bow, you can tell what fell out of, out of tune. Mm-hmm. And depending on what the material is, you don't have a problem. They've since abandoned that and gone to the regular three-piece and five-piece like everybody else. Right. Um, and Richard has one, and he loves it, but he was going from a Kuma to a Prime. That's like going <laughs> from, you know, a, a manual steering, you know, Chevelle. Drag racer. Nineteen sixty eight Chevelle to go into a Cadillac with one finger fucking steering. You know, so so the prime, I don't see anything wrong with them. Um, I've shot them before, never found that there was anything wrong with them at all. Um, Matthews for me, uh, for the two years that I shot Matthews, I shot a Halon, and I feel that once they hit the Halons, everything else has been a Halon with different bells and wheels and uh, whistles on it. That's all it is. Oh, I agree. So they change visors and everything and it's basically the same still still a halon shell is what you're looking at right see I, um, when i had my halon when me and dougie traded bows because he got the evolve 35 and i wanted to try matthews so i got the halon from him and yeah. i really did super quiet bow it was quieter than any of my fucking pses even with I, I could shoot a 550 grain arrow out of the inertia to quiet that fucking bitch down and the Halon was still quieter with a 425 grain, you know, arrow. Yeah. It was stupid how quiet that bow was. And to me, like, out of all the ones I've ever shot since then, I haven't shot the Phase 4 yet, To you know, in all honesty. So, cause, just because my life has been so goddamn busy, I haven't been able to go down to any fucking where. It's the holidays. What, what yeah, 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 exactly. Holidays have been crazy. Stephanie has been absolutely swamped with her business, and I'll get into that later. Um, you know, and to me, since then, the only other bow to me that was better than the Halon was the Traverse. That was it. And there wasn't a huge difference between it. I mean, there, there was that, 
that kind of structural difference where they started doing more of the bridge stuff after the Halon, which was like yeah. the, the traverse and the verdicts were the first models with the bridge for the bridge riser. So, yeah. you know, the Halon was nice. It was smooth. You know, it was seven. I had it set to when we did the readjusting everything for me and got it all back in the spec. And we literally purposely set it to the same poundage as my inertia. Much yep. quieter. The grip was trash. So I fucking put like, I think it was an HCB hunter grip on it or something like that. And, you know, I got it all set up for me and it, you know, it, it just wasn't my type of thing. The, the, I kept having to fuck with the grip angle because, I, oh, you know, I'm more used to like the pistol angle and it took a lot of work to, for me to get the Matthews to cooperate with that type of angle. Whereas the PSE was like, oh, look, I'm holding a Glock. You know, um, you know, it, it, there was like a couple of subtle things. I didn't like the fact that the bows were 72 pounds a piece and my inertia was whooping it by 22 feet a second. And this is when I was Just fucking captain. Cam system, yeah. yeah, I was on fucking captain speed mode. And I'm like, this bow's a fucking bitch. I got to get rid of it. You know, I was like losing my mind over that. Like the whole concept of how quiet it was for hunting and how comfy it was and you could hold it back for a fucking minute and a half and not give a shit about life. And I was like, fuck this thing. All of that shit went out the window because I wasn't an adult yet figuring that shit out because I was a moron. <laughs> um, well, the same time they came out with that, they, they, they came out with the no cam, which was right. great for hunting because it, it was smooth to draw and everything, but it wasn't sexy enough. It didn't have speed, so it died out. Right, right, yeah, you know, I, which is kind of funny now because if you actually look at like a lot of the Matthews uh, for sale pages, there are people looking for that bow because of just how well it shoots, which I find hysterical. People yeah. are still getting four and five hundred dollars for that bow. Bear, granted, Matthews keeps its resale value values better than anybody on the fucking Any. planet. So, yep. you know. Well, he, here's my here's my beef with the new Matthews system, and this is over the last two years. Um, when they came out with the bridge lock system, so now your your sight your sight rail goes through the bow. Mm -hmm. Um, so everyone thinks, well, this is great. You're getting your sight in closer and all that, and it's supposed to reduce vibration. Okay, Spanky, that's great. Here's the problem: Met if you have a metal sight bar, metal's going to wear something out. Something's going to give, or it's going to seize, or you're going to have a kind of problem. That's not the issue I'm worried about. The issue I'm worried about is most of these sight bars are made out of carbon. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, yeah. guess what happens? When they first came out with the bridge lock system, half of the sight bars out there didn't fit right. So they right. were a little loose or something like that. And you're back to square one because if you hit it, if you screw it in and you get the one angle that's a little off because you got a little bit of play in it, all of a sudden your marks are off and bad shit will happen. Well, now we, we've come up, well, now we make it make sight bars exclusively for the bridge lock. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, assholes. They're still going to wear out. Oh, and yeah. I've seen axle bars that I look at them and they're wearing out. And like after six months or seven months from the ones that came out with Matthews last year, I'm like, I got a guy telling me, well, the st stuff's shaking around. And I'm like, congratulations, your carbon bar's wearing out. Order a new carbon bar, problem goes away. Mm -hmm. So that's one problem I got. My bigger issue that came out this year was if you're going to pay $1,500 or $1,600 for a bow, whatever the fuck you're paying, if the folks at Matthews are listening, I am not one of the four people in the fucking country who's going to pay $1,000 for a carbon stabilizer system. 
Oh, oh I know. God. It's insane. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, what? When I first heard about the stabilizers, I was like, all right, cool. They're going to try, you know, they're going to try and follow their bridge lock, <laughs> you know, their, their little motif. Everything's in the center and we're going to center the weight. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I heard it was $250 for a 12 inch stab. And I was like, fuck, it's Elon buying all of these. What the? Who the, who the fucking order? It didn't cost me $250 for my target stabilizer setup with a 30 out front and a 12 in the back or whatever. I mean, I'm like, how in the hell can we justify, you know, and you know, Shrewd, I mean, don't get me wrong, Shrewd makes fantastic, uh, you know, stabilizer uh, attachments oh, yeah. and everything like that. They do. And so you know their 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 rear stabilizer um attachment is a shrewd and it's made by them. You could tell just by the construction that it was made by shrewd. But you know, seven hundred it's a I think from what I read, it's like a minimum of seven hundred dollars for a stabilizer setup. I can yep. put stabilizers on every one of my fucking bows for that price. I think going with two stabilizers on that bow, the way they have it set up, especially with the side lock stabilizer and all that, was way over a thousand. So I'm like, oh, it's insane. Shit. It's that fucking is. insane for what they're doing with it. And their whole argument for the stabilizer, if you listen to because me, when I've when I'm laying in a bed and I got nothing better to do, I watch a lot of videos. Their whole claim to fame for the stabilizer is it's direct engagement to the riser and there's not a screw in a nut between you and the stabilizer. I said, if you think it makes that big of a difference, then you've got issues. Right. Because I'll rather deal with a receiver and a regular little screw on there, and it still does everything it's supposed to do. If anything, I think these things might be more stiff, and the weights are going to be problematic, and I don't fucking like them. So you, you just put an unnecessary hole for the 2% of the public who's going to actually put the stuff on there, and everybody else is just going to be staring at an ugly hole for bridge lock and bomb in their machine, on the bow of their bow. See, my concern, I mean, my concern comes into the fact of just being a mechanic, and especially the fact that all the risers are aluminum. You know, you ain't getting a freaking common hunting bow in its case. It doesn't matter if it's a Plano or if you're Mr. Fucking Baller <laughs> Pelican. You got to take that stabilizer on and off and on and off, on and off and on and off. Yes, you do. How many fucking meatheads are going to over-tighten the dog shit out of that bolt holding that front stabilizer? And in like three months, there's no more threads. What are you going to just yeah. start upsizing and retapping your, your bow's riser over and over and over? So that, to me, that was the biggest concern with it. I'm like, okay, you know, it's a cool idea. You're following your bridge lock technology stuff that you did with the sights. And you, I already knew about the carbon bars wearing out. And in my head was like, you know, I, I got the HHA. So I'm like, good chance that bitch would ever wear the fuck out, whatever. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, but it was like, then I thought about the stabilizer. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to take my stabilizer off every fucking time I put it in my damn case. <laughs> that thing's held in by a bolt. The bolt's got to get tightened and it's got to get loosened and it's got to get tightened. And it's like over and over and over. And all I could think was like, okay, I never have to move my sight. I have it set where I need it and I, it drops right in my cases. Doesn't matter which one it is. But that ain't never going to work with a 12 inch staff. You know, or even if you're rocking, I mean, fuck. I couldn't keep an eight-inch stabilizer on the front of the EVL and drop it in my boat case. It would, it would not yeah. fit at all. So even if you were to get the eight-inch version, it's still on and off and on and off, on and off. And it's being held in by a bolt. 
and then you're going to have, oh, I got to snug it up a little more. Oh, it feels loose. Got to snug it up a little more. And then some fucking meathead rips the goddamn threads right out of the aluminum riser. And now you're drilling well, and tapping and new insert and all that other stupid shit. And I'm like, how, how long until people realize that this is not a fucking cool idea? This is not a meant to be an attack on Matthews, you know, to further the stabilizing no. problem. However, no, no, here's no, no, the no, deal. no, I'm not trying to attack him. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, going from I my mechanical experience. I run front and back stabilizers on all my all my hunting bows. Mm -hmm. So if you're like me and you're walking through the brush, especially the guys who hunt out west are going to see this bullshit when they're mule deer hunting and walking through all these prairies and shit like that. Mm -hmm. If you're walking through heavy brush, a round stabilizer bar is not going to hang up on a brush. Yeah, yeah. However, when you have fucking holes going through your stabilizer, do you not think that some twigs are going to get stuck in there? Or a squared edge, no less. The squared edge will go yeah. in between and branches and will grab on. It's going to make noise. Mm -hmm. It's going to piss people off. And I'm like, great invention. So many problems that go with it. it, it it's really not meant for it. Oh, yeah. it. It's just not to me proving that it's worth $1,000 to add on to the bow. I know. I, I just think it's crazy of the, the, um, the amount that it costs. I mean, it's not even in the ballpark of anyone else. Even if you go and look at the new Excel what the hell are they called? The flexions or whatever the flax. Carbofast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the new height, the the yeah, ones the that have flax and carbon mixed bow, together yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That even that system is nowhere near the price. I think a twelve inch stab is like one hundred and twenty nine dollars. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. not two hundred and fifty dollars for a twelve inch one. So it's it's like yep. nothing is in the ballpark. I can get a twelve inch stab from Wix six tomorrow. I, I think on the website it's maybe seventy bucks with three ounces of weight and whatever, you know, with the sticker and whatever you want to get on it. Everyone else, the standard carbon stabilizers are somewhere around between seventy and ninety dollars for a twelve. If you want to use a twelve on the front, I mean, you know, if you go down farther, ten's like ten dollars less, whatever. So. You're still looking at like 70 bucks for a 10 inch, maybe 79 for a 12. So, and then you're like, oh, Matthews, 250. How do I can build a whole stabilizer setup for 250 for a hunting bow? <laughs> That's why I couldn't, like, as much as I do like them, and, 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 and you know, and I always give them shit because the, the first thing I'm going to do if I buy a Matthews bow is oh, I got to call Kelby and get myself a real fucking grip. So right off the bat, I'm replacing shit. And I'm like, wait a minute. I got to spend $250 on a stab on top of this? And I'm like, because I always run 12s. I have, you know, the, the only bow that right now, because I happen to have it, that doesn't run a 12 on the front is the inertia. But the inertia is such a reflexed riser that a 15 looks like it's an 8 after it's passed the damn limbs. You know, that thing is so curved backwards. It's like, Jesus Christ. So, you know, I normally run a 12, even on the EVL. I run the 12 out of the bottom insert and everything like that. So it, it, it just, I, I know like right off the bat, I'm going to have to buy it uh, for me particularly. I have to buy a 12-inch stabilizer because that's what I've been running for fucking 10 years or so out the front. And I normally run a 10 or something on the back if I even have to run a, a, a rear stab. You know, and I. I just couldn't even fathom, like, I'm going to be paying three to four times the amount of money just for the front. And I believe it only comes with two ounces. I mean, it comes with two ounces worth of weights because then the, the little silencer hockey puck thing that Matthews makes is technically another ounce. And it, 
it's just a crazy, crazy setup. So, well, here, here's the other thing. Um, the boat is really designed to be used by a person who's going to use it for a year and then they swap out their stuff at the end of the year and they get another boat next year. So a typical that's technically what it seems like they're doing yeah. because that's what well, I, most people do. You you know as well as I do, there there are people who are still hunting with Matthews bows from 15 years ago. Oh out yeah, there, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is why Matthews is a good company because their bows were always durable. That's my cousin. My actually, I think my so, cousin is one of them. My cousin has a Matthews bow and it still has the original wooden Matthews grip on it. Yeah, I, the switchbacks. Those are the ones that people yeah. were using. I still see them today. Mm -hmm. um, they were built to last. Right. My problem with this particular bow and. I so I, I talk to a lot of different people in the industry. I've seen them in Vegas and stuff like that. So the one guy who actually beat this through my head once because PSC for a while. I don't know if you noticed it or not. They were putting rubber all over their bows. They're putting the rubber silencers everywhere and yeah, the, the dumbbells and, and all, all that of shit. They kind of, yeah, they all of a sudden they got away from that. Mm -hmm. um, it's mostly I think because of the guy from Archery Supplies in Australia, Stephen Hand, because when I talked to him, he says, "Listen." Anything that's rubber on a boat is his word for it. It will perish. It will originally, it will eventually dry rot, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So my problem with the new Matthews bow is now you've taken eight limbs and sandwiched four pieces of rubber between those eight limbs. Right. That rubber, if you're using it just for a year, it's probably not a problem. Right. But if you're the type of person who shoots in the fall, and hangs your shit up in the garage or something like that. Mm -hmm. Guess what happens? Dry rot happens. It sets in on that thing. What do those limbs do when all of a sudden the rubber in between them is not as strong? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do they fail? Right. No, I you know, agree. And I'm not sure that that's something that people are taking into account for it. So while it's, you know, um, oh, shout out to PJ Riley. He thinks everything that he shoots is the greatest bow he's ever shot. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Rich was like, we should play the PJ Riley. This is the best bow I've ever shot game. I'm like, no, someone's going to die. Like, Absolutely not. <laughs> someone's going to get fucking alcohol we're poisoning and die. die. I'm like, we're all going to die. You're not killing your American counterparts there, Rich. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, this is a side note that guy, Stephen Hand, he. He put out a video the other day. The guy's going for open heart surgery in a couple days. Yeah, he had a heart attack. So keep him in. Steve is yeah. actually a really, really a nice attack. guy. I've had a lot of conversations with him, which is shocking because when really I asked him a question about something, it's like, you know, it was one of those, I seen your review and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. He's the only one that somehow put together that Anthony OCA happens to be Anthony yeah. of the Office Center Archers. I, was, I, I don't put it, you know, my personal profile, that's how my name is written on. Uh, Instagram and all that shit. Yeah. He happened to put it together fucking immediately that uh, that I'm do I'm the one that does this podcast with Doug and shit. And yeah. he's like, you know, like the, the general conversations have always been friendly. I'm like, hey, dude, I've seen this. You know, what do you think about this new thing? Because the new craze in bow companies is snap-on spacers. Oh, Prime yeah. had them with the inline. PSE now has them. So I wanted to pick at his brain. He is the biggest distributor in all of fucking the southern hemisphere of the world, pretty much. So, you know, it was a general conversation about that type of shit. And he, he, he is, he is like so like down to earth. And, and then like somebody had mentioned on, uh, it was one of the PSE pages about how, how do we, you know, what, what's your way? of cutting your arrows and 
getting them, you know, spec the way you want them to shoot and all this other shit. And I told him, I was like, I personally do it the Tilling, Tim Gillingham way. I put them on the spinner. I mark which sides and how much, which one has the wobble and bop, 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 bop. So, you know, and it really does work. Like if you want to turn a 300 or a 6,000th arrow into a 1,000th arrow, you just go and watch Tim Gillingham's video and he will literally, he literally shows you how he marks every individual arrow and how he gets them to be just straight as can be when he's done. It's a really like detailed video, whatever. So I had posted that and the guy responded to me, well, that's a lot of time and blah, 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 blah. Like automatically like trying to shit on me. And Stephen Hand goes, that's a fucking mistake. That's it. That was his response. And then he tags Tim Gillingham. I didn't even tag Tim, Tim Gillingham myself. You know, I just, this is what I did. And, you know, when it, it popped Tim Gillingham's name in blue, I made it go back to normal. I'm not trying to fuck. Because I know if people connect the podcast to me and I curse and this and that, 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 whatever. I don't care. I'm one of the black sheep of archery. Have fun with it. Fuck it. You know, and so, but I don't, I, I purposely don't try to c create trouble for the people who I consider actually be worthwhile influential. I mean, me and you have had the conversation of like, you talk to Tim, you might as well get a fucking notebook out. Because if you get a question to him, it's the absolute most truthful, like engineered answer. Because, you know, he fucked with it all. Yeah. He tried mm -hmm. everything and you like it. Okay. So this worked. All right. Cool. All right. Yep. 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 You're, you're like writing shit down. Best record on the phone. Yeah. 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 That, that's, well, back then you <laughs> couldn't do that shit. Smart. When I first met Tim Gillingham, I was rocking the uh, Nextel i1000. So there was no oh record God. fucking mode. This is like years ago when I first met him. So. <laughs> You know, but this straight up, the guy was like, well, that's, that's a fucking waste of time. And Steve, without even a problem, Steve was just like, that's a fucking mistake. In highlighted blue, Tim Gillingham. And Tim, <laughs> the, Tim don't even really reply. Tim's like, here's the video. Bah, 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 bah. If you think it's a waste of time, take your bow and throw it in a dumpster. <laughs> and I was oh, like, shit. Tim's simplest answer just set the internet aflame. Because this dude's whole soul just got kicked in by this nice, the most polite, go fuck yourself comment on the goddamn planet. Because everyone I know who's even remotely decent in archery has seen Tim's video. And they're like, this can't be true. And they fucking try it. They'll buy themselves a set of like V6s from Victory or... Do I have... Which arrows well, do I have that are here that are not... Either three or one thousand. His video is the reason why. Ever since he came out with that, I only shot Black Eagle because when they give you run out, they do it across the entire. Oh yeah, the, the full thirty-two inch. It's and crazy. The center twenty-eight. So everybody mm -hmm. else has a center twenty-eight. Everybody and he, they do it over the whole. So I, ever since that, I see the lowest amount of run out on those, and that's why I've been doing it with that. Mm -hmm. It's just a process they use for it. But if you. Tim is one of the nicest people you ever meet. Oh, yeah. The only thing I will preface this with saying is if you're going to ask him something, be ready. Have a chair. Be prepared to be there for a few hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The professor because is in get, session. <laughs> he will get into every single detail that you could possibly think about. Oh, yeah. And you leave there more informed, possibly more confused <laughs> because now he's got you thinking about 57 other things. Right. Yeah. Well, what you they, should do is that, you should try this and then you just try that. 
Hmm? Did you imagine Tim doing podcast? Tim has done Here's several podcasts two, with Greg Poole. Three, f- three hours and 45 minutes long about tuning an arrow. No, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> you have to watch some of the video replays of when Tim is on Greg Poole's Bow Junkie podcast. Oh, yeah. And you can literally see it coming where Greg's like, Tim, I got a question for you when it comes to bow tuning. And then he says the question and he just leans back in the chair. And he just lets Tim go for the fucking ride on answering it. Like, he knows it's coming. He's like, hey, hey, I got this. Hey, Tim, how about you answer this? And you just watch him fade into the chair. Well, the same thing happens when he goes on Kafaro with Aaron Snyder. Oh, They're both he's another friends one. and stuff like that. But they've gotten to some knockdown, drag out arguments over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'll just say, like, well, that's because you're stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what he'll say. Yep. I, I love Aaron is one of the. Aaron's probably one of the reasons why, like when it comes to doing this podcast or any other type of shit that I've ever been involved with, I don't care what I say because Aaron is like, I, I've had conversations with him. Like I've seen Kafaru packs and I'm just not at that level of pay where I can justify me even buying a standard day pack because I, it's that pack. It's like me with my toolbox at work. I have a triple bank snap on and bop, 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 bop. I got the fucking $20,000 toolbox. It's the last so put, toolbox so I'll ever buy. College. Huh? You put someone else's kids through college before Fuck yours. Fuck their kids. That's right. I'm not into that socialist shit. I don't pay for someone else's fucking kids. Fuck their kids. So, but no, it's, 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 it's that toolbox you consider the last toolbox you ever buy in your life snap on wall yeah it's, yeah it's like are. i can literally jump on top of my toolbox close my hutch and i'm in a japanese apartment it's great it's fucking hysterical <laughs> so you know it's the minimalist apartment i can just close it i got a light in there i can read if i fucking want to whatever but you know it, and i don't know guys just like i'm completely losing track oh my god this is horrible. I, I, I have one of the Kafaro packs. Oh, okay. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, the Kafaro pack. It, you buy it once and that's it. You're done. You never have to buy another one again. Yeah. I, someone gave it to me as a gift, okay? And I forget what they call it. I think they call it the belly gunner or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they make it anymore. But it's like practically fucking indestructible. It is. My thing with the Kafaro packs is they are, okay, they are a military contractor who happens to sell to the public as well. Right. So they build to a standard where it has to, be engineered so it could possibly save your life if you're the guy who's going on a seven day or an eight day backpack Mm -hmm. that's the kind of shit that you cannot afford to fail you right so you're going to spend the money to do that i am a northeastern hunter i go in and come out the same fucking day right i don't need to spend eight thousand dollars in packs and camp gear and stuff like that because i'm parking my car going in the woods killing my deer coming back out and going home for the most part, I, I'm a mobile hunter, but not mobile the way an Aaron Snyder's a mobile hunter. Well, you know, he'll check in and see in 14 days. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. They live at oh, their base days. hunt is 9,000 feet above ele- elevation. I'm like, bro, I'm going by the beach. What the fuck are you talking about? 9,000 feet. <laughs> you know, what they call here is mountains in the mountain area of South Carolina is like fucking 3,600 feet. And he'll be like, pussies. You know, it's like, you know. But it, the thing about, you know, going back to Tim Gillingham when he's talking to Aaron and stuff like that is Tim doesn't care what anyone says. No. He says, listen, I've done the work. I've proven this is a fact. And if you don't think it's the fact, well, then fine. That's your opinion. But you're an asshole. It's yeah, like yeah. Say, 
And that's a, but I mean, you know, I personally, I believe in everything he says. Most of the stuff um, from the day that I talked to him once years ago at a tournament, and we were talking about paper tuning. I've never paper tuned at less than ten feet ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At ten yards, should I say? I paper tuned ten yards. I paper tuned in inside my shop at fourteen yards. Right. And I get the most positive flight behind everything. And when you really think about it, it's the way he describes it. He's like, mm -hmm. "Why the fuck would you paper tune at five feet when the arrow doesn't come out of paradox until at least ten? Right. So what is the big deal with behind that? And some people think it's overkill, but if you ever think about it, when a shop shows you a bullet hole at five feet and you go outside and that motherfucker's planing everywhere, do you wonder why they do it? At no, five no, feet? they don't want to deal with trying to fix it at mm -hmm. ten yards or whatever it is. It's this guy does at it. That point. Yeah, this guy does it for every single arrow before he even fletches them. He knows which ways they're turning. Mm -hmm. He knows how to fletch them with that, and he tunes it so he gets bullet holes with bear shafts. I get bullet holes with my bear shafts for my hunting stuff. I won't hunt with them unless I'm doing that, and I'm getting a bullet hole at like 15 yards through through paper. That's just me, right. but it's something that he preaches that for everything he does. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you want to call him the mad scientist, even though he's got 87 stabilizers pointing out his bow these days, he does what he needs to do to make it work for him. Dude, the first time I seen him walk out there with the twin thirties in the front and that square aluminum tube <laughs> holding him on the front of the, the bow, I was like, all right, I was already impressed just having the conversation with him. Because, you know, it was like, it was, it was a simple question of, you know, the, I saw the video about the arrows and uh, I just want to make sure I'm not missing something. And it became like tuning. What's your favorite way of tuning? Well, I walk back tune. I was like, I, he's like, do you shoot through paper? I'm like, no. He's like, really? I was like, no, nah, I really don't prefer to do it because I know personally me, I've broken my left hand, which I've mentioned a thousand fucking times. And mm -hmm. I know I set my, mm -hmm. my, um, my center shot on the arrow rest, and then I move it one sixteenth of an inch to the right because I know that my right, my left hand is swollen and it'll never go down. So I know the bow slightly kicks. I know my cams are all the way to the fucking left to help with it and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, so you have all of this already figured out. I'm like, yeah, but I always make sure. I was like, from there, it's the sight. And, and then I kind of, you know, I'll play with the shims on the cam. And half the time, it's like I move one shim on the PSE to the left side and shift the cams over slightly and bang, I'm dead on out to 125 or so. And yeah. he's like, okay, cool. Um, it's like, think I should do it any other way? He's like, fuck no, that's how it works for you. And that's what you figured <laughs> out? Fuck no, leave that shit the way it is. And I'm like, oh, I was confused because, you know, the whole first part of the conversation, this man fucking made my brain erupt. I was like, oh, oh, this is, okay, okay, cool, I didn't miss that. Like, even though I watched the fucking video about him cutting the arrows and shit, and then having him verbally explain the idea of why and how he does it for hunting, and he does it for tournament, and he does it for this and that, and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's no excuse for excellence, and I'm like, you just sit there like fucking dumbfounded, like, oh, yes, sir, Tim, mm -hmm. yes, Tim, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's how you sit there. You sit like a fucking jabron, just, mm hmm yep, mm hmm makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you see, that, that whole thing takes us back <laughs> to, the, to the bows and their tuning systems that they came out with. And, okay, so PSC came out with a little slide-in spacer yeah, like, system that you can yeah, just put nice it in the clips. press, put mm -hmm. the clips in there. Um, clips are called clips for a reason. They fucking fly out. 
Right. And no matter how much pressure it's under, I don't trust them. I prefer the system where you're pivoting the limb pockets that Elite has because I think it's simpler. And you can literally be there on the line, not have to move any clips around. You're shooting with your broadheads. They even have a video about it. Here, turn it to to this way, and you see what it does. And eventually, you get it set the way you need it to be. I think that that's just moving everybody towards a new. The, the new move these days is end users doing their own thing instead of having rel, having to rely on a shop. And oh yeah. You guys know when you talk to talk to me about how I train all my kids is I don't want you dependent on me or a shop. I teach you to do your own thing mm -hmm. so you can work on your own stuff and you're self-sufficient. I think that companies like Elite and Bowtech, Bowtech started a while ago. Elite had started with their system when they came out with it. Indirectly, they may have pissed off all the dealers because now you're putting a lot more into the hands of the end user mm -hmm. and the end user is able to do whatever they want. Right. Um, but to be honest with you, how many dealers do you know want somebody come back to them like, oh, I want to move the shims over and this and that? They don't want to hear that shit. They don't have time for it in the middle of the bow hunting season. Right. Okay. So if you can put more of it in the hands of the end user, you're better off. Mm -hmm. um, I think the simpler you make it with the less amount of risk, the better off you are. To me, the elite system is much less risky than the Bowtech one because you can forget to do something on the Bowtech. Plus, I don't, way, I don't like the way that whole top... Um, the top axle looks and all that. It's just you don't have. Looks like it's bolted in place. I know. I don't. I don't like the way the one, the PSC one is bolted in place either. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like that either. It's it's a design that, and I'm very upfront. If I don't like it, I'll tell you I don't like it. Oh yeah. I didn't like that design when Dart had it back in the day, where a right and a left hand bow were the same bow, mm -hmm. and all they did was reverse it so you can flip the cams, whatever. It, it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, anything that shoots, I now you guys are, are fond of perform X's and stuff like that. That yeah. are a center shot riser that mm -hmm. goes right through the riser. I personally don't like those for a couple of reasons, and this one just takes it to an extreme where the balance issue can become a big problem with it. So to me, the engineering, yes, if you're a professional shooter and this is what you do. That's why Dave Cousins can win with that thing because Dave Cousins is a machine. He's literally a machine when he shoots. But for the average person, you know, who's getting a target bow, to me, the the bow is more problems than it's worth. And the two of them that I've worked on that were brought into me by two of the kids' parents decided to buy it from and didn't ask me about it, got it, and I'm trying to help this kid. And I'm putting some induced torque in it just to get him to hang straight when they're shooting. And they're they're very very troublesome. They're almost too perfect to the point where they're they give you more more hell than it's worth. Mm. Um, if you're shooting a lizard tongue on that thing, good luck because it's gonna roll to one side or the other no matter what you do, unless you can hold perfectly still and nobody holds that perfectly still. I I don't like it for that reason. Um, is it innovation? It's bringing back something else and they're putting some polishing on it, whatever. It's a, it's a great idea, don't get me wrong. Mm. I just don't think that it didn't work the first time they tried it and I don't think this one's gonna be very popular for very long either. Um, to me, I would rather stick with the Super Focus or the Focus RTX, the new one. Right. That's the one I, I have both of them. They're both exactly the same bow. One's got a wider wider stance on the um, the limbs on, the on the lip pockets, mm -hmm. and they put the PBTS system on it to let you tune it. Mm -hmm. I mean, big big deal. That that's what those are to me the baseline stuff for what you're going to do. Um, as far as engineering something that's going to make it better, 
I don't actually know that you can, like, like we were saying at, at the beginning of this, I don't know that there's much that can be done to innovate any more than they already have. Right. Because first we were onto heavy reflex bows. Now we're into deflex bows because that, again, waves reflex with the, with the game. Then they went to deflex because Matthew started the whole deflex thing. When, when you look at them, because those bows are pretty much straight up and down. They have, like, no bend to them at all. Well, now no they're bend. past parallel. Yeah. And the risers, which is what makes the difference, is the risers are, like, straight up sticks on the TRX and stuff like that. Yep. Oh, yeah. So that's what everyone's been doing lately, and that makes a more stable platform, going back to the way we had it before. Right. So, it, again, it comes in waves. It's a fashion thing. Some In a couple of years, people will say, no, I want, my, I want to have a reflex bow again, and they'll make more reflex bows. They'll make the, you know, they'll go back to the past parallel limbs that are hooked so bad you need a special press for them. Right. I mean, that's what's going to happen yet again. There are certain, some Botex that I won't work on because they're so past parallel. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. And I'm afraid. I've got the presses for it. Don't get me wrong. I've got an Express Pro. I've got the adapters for the for the Last Chance. I just don't like working on stuff that's past parallel like that because when it's that far curved, that bothers me. Oh yeah, I mean I agree. that that's just like a problem waiting to happen because if you've already got all that much preload on the limb, say if you get a real animal um, who goes ahead and pulls on that thing and pulls it even harder past where that preload can really handle it. You could have a limb explosion on there just from someone just pulling it back. I, I'm not crazy about that sort of thing. And that's something that thankfully has gone a little bit away, but I'm sure it'll be back like everything else. Oh, yeah, I agree. So it, it's just a, mean, a means of the cycle of things. How, how long will it take before something disappears and comes back? But if you think about it, it's just recycling everything, and we haven't come up with anything new yet. Right. Um, <laughs> I actually think that the next the next thing that you probably see, and I'm sure some engineer from one of the companies is already working on it. If not, then you owe me money or something like that because I'll I'll re save this recording for when I first said it. They're gonna come out with a center shot bow that has like a four inch overdraw already on it, and <laughs> when they do that, you'll get speed, you get stability because that you can get away with with a bow design like this with pure center shot. And and a <laughs> and a bridge riser, you can get away with it on that. But if the actual overdraw is part of the machined aluminum, that just makes it all so stable and all that. You can get away with that sort of thing. I think my my issue, and I don't know if you noticed this about the new PSE bow when they came out with it for Target, they also produced hunting versions of it. Yeah, so it goes all the way down to thirty-five. Yeah, they're trying to make one bow. That's everything in their line. Yeah, but didn't Bear so fail at that instead shit? Instead of make, uh, they failed miserably at it. Yeah, they made Bear one that was, was uh, a shoot through riser that was what three fifty feet or something like that. It was a three fifty yeah. foot. Yeah, and they came out with uh, a hunting bow that they tried to turn into a target bow. Right, and it didn't work right either. And then somehow a couple of years later, that evolved into the fucking Kuma. So basically, they took the target riser, they left it on the Kuma, and they put these nasty cams on it, whole new bow, and Richard has one, and he, he thinks they're great, they're very demanding, they keep you on your game, but man, they suck when it's cold in the woods, and you you got those pains trying to draw back. You don't want a bow like that, draw, you know, drawing on you. Oh, yeah. So there's different applications, different things, but I think that that'll be the next move when you see an overdraw that's actually machined into a riser. That's so crazy. So if you get an overdraw, 
if you see an overdraw machine into a riser, remember you heard it here first. I think I think that with the right carbon, and you're basically shooting uh, crossbow, crossbow bolts. Yeah, you'd be shooting a 20, 22-inch crossbow bolt at that point. You really could. God. Now, crossbow bolts are uh, meant to take 200 pounds of pressure on them. Right. What's 80 pounds of pressure going to do to them? Fucking nothing. Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, now you've got your speed. You've got, you got speed. You've got hitting power because mm -hmm. you can weigh those things down, too. You can make it for target applications or, or for hunting applications. <laughs> and there you go. And that might be how they cross the 400 for the second limit. That's crazy. You know, the, but as long as you have an overdraw. That part is, we're, we're do, you're saying this all on a podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> Don't be oh, surprised. Be, I, some I, people who do listen bitch, to Bitch, we got 60,000 <laughs> fucking downloads. Fuck off, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not you like know. somebody from PSU. Nobody. Like, sounds fucking great. No, no, it does. Do you think these people yeah. get this? They, do you think these guys get their ideas organically? They don't. No. <laughs> they, they no, see, that's see the thing that I somewhere. think I agree with you on a lot of it. I, I agree the fact that, like, you're going to see, you know, everything in every majority of businesses just goes in fucking circles. It goes in the same thing with cars. Like, you know, now the new Mustangs look like the shit from the 1960s. So I'm kind of expecting that to, you know, because, I mean, it, the, the archery industry is very parallel to even how cars work, the model series and yep. all of that shit. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree that I ex I'm expecting the reflex bows to come back into play when everybody mm -hmm. wants the bows to be fast again. So what, what scares me is that okay, so crossbows ten years ago are nowhere near the technology as they have right now. Oh no! Ten years ago, if you get two hundred feet two hundred fifty feet a second, you were the man. Right now, they're they're breaching five hundred feet a second. Right. And what did they do? Raven came out with the first reverse crossbow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So instead of the limbs being out, they're in. You're pulling in on a V. Yep. What happens if you can do the same thing on a vertical bow? If you can turn oh. it around and make that nasty V so that it doesn't need a rail or anything like that, and you can actually shoot a regular bow like that. So basically, the frame is going to be on the inside. They could probably do it now. Does anyone want to get involved in those eccentrics? Probably not. Um, Probably, yeah. There's a certain amount of give and take that you're going to have where, yes, we can functionally do it, but we also have a strong percentage of a chance well, that someone's going to die from this because they do the wrong thing. And if you know anything about Raven crossbows, they're only good for about 200 shots before you have to change the strings and the yeah, cables. Jeremy says that all the time. He's like, people just keep overshooting them and they crack the limbs and all sorts of shit. Um, actually, yeah. if, if it came down to that, reversing the limbs and being able to shoot through that way. I mean, right now, the only people in archery that would probably be able to close to pull it off would be gearhead because their bow frame is actually set up for something that like, that would actually kind of work in that instance. Yeah. Because of the way they're designed, they can actually mm -hmm. pivot the stuff and over there. And they've got this center shot with the handle where the handle actually is just in the middle of the riser. So the handle's not a static handle, right? They could get away with it. I think they're the only ones who could get away with it. Yeah. And I personally, I mean, just think about where you'd have to grab the string to pull that fucker through. I know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's going to look so weird and all that. But mm -hmm. if you're getting 500 feet a second, do you think anyone's going to care? <laughs> you're nope. like, no, I got to get one of those. It's just a liability I think they're worried about right now. So a I lot think of I hit the 12. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! It went right through the damn thing. <laughs> a lot, a lot of innovation is is left on the drawing room floor because of the liability that could possibly come. Oh with it. yeah, no, I completely agree. Like even like right now, when it comes to Archer, the only people I have any interest in, like PSE has been okay. You know, they like like I said before, they have the E twos and the S two cams and all the new updates. Cool, fine. They got some finally some new updates to the Evolve cam. Cool. And the only people otherwise that I have any interest in right now is Darton. That's the only people I have any interest in at the moment because Matthews to me is the same shit. And it's like, okay, we're going to make a quiet bow quieter. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yes. Great. What are you going to fucking sneak up on Bigfoot? You know, yeah. you waiting for that Sasquatch to just walk the fuck out? No, you know, it's, I mean, to me, the only, it's so stupid that the only reason I can rationalize taking a perfectly fine B3X and trying to make it quieter is only one deer in the entire country that I would say you might need a quieter bow for. And that's because access deers are insanely fucking fast. You know? Well, they're jittery. Yeah. Well, their natural predator is jaguars. So they're yeah. like, oh, bitch, I'm out. I'm fucking, they're gone. You know? You watch them pull like the fucking Neo on Matrix and just dodge your arrow and you're at 30 yards and they're dodging your arrow that's doing 290 feet a second. Like, like, haha, bitch, I'm out. And they fucking take off running, you know. But to me, that's the only reason to make a bow faster. And elk, you're gonna, not going to get near, in most cases, in most cases, you're taking a 60-yard shot at an elk, normally. Yep. That bitch is stepping on so many branches, he ain't going to hear your fucking bow go off majority of the time. You know, it's like one of my buddies, um, he was going on a guided hunt because he, he, I'm not going to knock him. Bad boy makes good money so he can go on a guided hunt. So props to him for being able to do that. But he was going for moose and he's out there trying to hunt moose like he's hunting a whitetail, trying to be all nice and quiet. Don't step on a fucking twig. (laughs) And the guide is like, bro, step on the fucking branches. And he looked at him like confused, like what? He's like, moose will freak the fuck out if it's quiet. They knock trees down. They're blowing branches off shit with their fucking horns. They walk into an area that's quiet. They're like, there's a predator here. I ain't going over there. Fuck that area. Bye. And they go somewhere else. If they think it's one of them walking through the fucking trees, they don't give a shit. They'll just be like, what up, Bob? And keep on going. You know, because <laughs> they're, they're fucking smart. And the thing is that if it's too quiet, they're like, something's up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's what like, everyone uh, says. No, you know, this. you go to a quiet area in the woods of an area like Maine or Montana. It's only quiet because everyone in the, every animal in that area is like, there's a big ass bear right there. Exactly. We're not going that way. Exactly. You know, you know? so. And he, just like the stupid shit, he was like, bro, he's like, this dude's like seriously telling me step on branches and shit like that. And he's like, I'm trying to be all quiet. And he's like, I literally watch this moose stop. Look, not see us. Like you see his ears moving. It's quiet over there. And he changed directions. He's like, next thing I knew, he's like, fuck this. We were making so much goddamn noise walking through the woods. He's like, I shot a 1300 pound fucking moose like 25 minutes later. I'm like, listen to the guide, you know? They, well, the they, thing is that I, I, shot, yeah. I shot one moose in my life and I would never do it again because it was an experience that I wanted to have, whatever, besides freezing my fucking ass off. Um, it was basically like hunting a T-Rex. 
because after a while you start to wonder who the fuck is hunting who right because that thing crashes through the trees at you and looks you dead on in your face and you know that even if you run up a fucking tree he can knock it over right yeah yeah because these things and I wasn't talking about like some satellite bull moose. I'm talking about he was the one I shot was pretty much one one of the masters out there. He was he was the big bull. Right. And I shot his ass. I put three arrows in him to take him down over the course of three minutes. Wow. And they're not like buffalo. Buffalo, you you pop them with a pin, they just die. Right. Moose are tough animals. Mm-hmm. And I made good solid shots on him, and it still took three shots to take him down. Jeez. But that's an animal that doesn't give a shit about the sound. It doesn't really care about anything like that. Elk are almost the same way. Yeah. Elk, if they see movement, will freak out, but they don't give two shits about sound. Right. I mean, they're yelling at each other all day long. So if you're going to come up with a bow that's deliberately silent and stuff like that, I get it. But the only reason you're trying to make it more silent is probably so people can shoot a lighter arrow, which becomes more dangerous. Right. Well, that's so, the, that was the thing that he made that really made me laugh. He told him like right before you step, take the shot. Like when you see where the, 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 the moose is and everything, you're like, okay, I'm going to take the shot on this one. You know, first off the guy is like, okay, it's, it's gotta be what was the requirement at the time. I think it was a 33 inch rack or something like that. Yeah. So the guy's got the binoculars and they say, okay, you know, they know the size of it. that one's legal. Go for that one. All right, cool. But he told him, before you take the shot, make sure there's a branch in front of your foot. And he's like, <laughs> you want me to step on something? He's like, right before you pull the trigger, fucking crack the branch and let the bow go off. They won't hear the bow. They'll pay attention to the twig and they'll just think it's another fucking thing breaking. And I'm like, that is sheer fucking genius to do something stupid like that. Something you would never in a million years contemplate doing like, whitetail hunting where it's like oh what what the fuck was that you know where, where it's going to change yeah. directions and be like I, then they, the worst part is you do that in the woods with a whitetail it looks right the fuck at you as soon as the branch cracks it's like yeah. i <laughs> see you you know whereas the moose is like oh all right whatever something broke like it doesn't know it doesn't apparently have like the peripheral even though i mean the ears turn and shit like that apparently they don't have like the real peripheral sound to like yeah. zone to that area all they hear is like, oh, something cracked. It might have cracked under my feet. And they just keep on fucking walking. So, like, th- th- there's so much crazy shit that you see like that when he explained the whole well, thing. He's like, hey, he told me, like, step on a branch right before I pulled the trigger. I'm like, wow. Well, that blows up the whole thing about a bow being, you know, no, no vibrations, so it's silent and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that. That's why I say it's mostly bullshit when they come up with that. Right. But what's really bullshit is when... The same guy who just tried this other bow, he says, well, that, that, that bow is much more, you know, it's, it's less, it's absolutely zero vibration. That's what he said last year. And he says, well, this one this year is less vibration than the one last year. Right. Well, how the fuck does that work out? If the one last year had zero vibration, what does this have? Minus zero vibration? Right. I mean, come on. It's the same thing every fucking year these guys come out with. Mm-hmm. I think that no matter what, if your bow is loud or anything like that, there's no bow that I can't make more silent by putting a heavier arrow on it. Right. It's just that these people want to cheat with the speed and all that. Increased speed with a lighter arrow to me just means increased danger only because I've seen all the stupid shit that people do. Right. And 
actually, the lighter the arrow is, if you're shooting at an animal, you're going to have problems with penetration anyway. If, you're, if your arrow doesn't weigh at least 500 grains, 550 grains, and you're shooting something like an elk or a moose, you're stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. Because you hit one little thing, it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, my my loadout for whitetail is still 675 grains, Ooh. and I plow through anything I get. And I'm still getting 279 to 283 feet a second out of it. Jesus. And if I could use going, yeah, I, I, I tell people, like, I'm ready if a biggest deer in the world walk, walks out there, or if I happen to be unlucky enough and a fucking T-Rex is still alive in the woods and walking through there, I'll still shoot his ass. I don't care. But oh, yeah. the thing is that I'd rather be overprepared than underprepared for it. So my bow is quieter than everybody else's because I shoot such a fucking heavy arrow. I don't give a shit about sound. It doesn't make anything. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's how everyone now is pointed the industry at that. And they're like, well, no, we're going to try to make it less vibration, more quiet, and faster. But right. we really can't do anything like that, so we're just going to dress it and make it look like it. Well, I mean, uh, you see that in a lot of the industry, though. I mean, when it comes not to just bows, when it comes to camouflage and, oh, these pants, you don't get the swoosh sound when you're walking. Fred Bear was killing shit and deers in a fucking flannel. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, so that, you know. I go, back don't make a long ways, okay? I go back to the days when people were not hunting in camouflage because camouflage didn't fucking exist. Right. And everybody hunted in flannel. Mm -hmm. To this day, I don't hunt in camo, okay? I, I hunt in some tan pants that I got. There's a dark, dark green, olive drab green, mm -hmm. and I just change the top, and the top might be a, another darker color, something like that. If I'm walking through a woods where there's a lot of people hunting with guns, stuff like that, I wear an orange vest until I get where I'm going. I set up my tree. Right. But for the most part, I oh, never I thought you'd wear, wear hot pink. Like, woo! Oh, no. Hi, boys! I, I never wear fucking camo. I just don't like it. It serves me no purpose unless I'm turkey hunting. And even if I'm turkey hunting, I'm in a blind and I'm wearing black on the inside. Yeah. So I don't fucking care about camo. Now, like you said, Fred Bear, he hunted in plaid and all right. that. And Bright red fucking plaid. Five feet away, he killed one of the biggest Kodiak bears that anyone's ever seen. That's why they called one of his bows the Kodiak. Yep, but I have one. Along comes Chuck Adams a couple of years later in the 80s, and he's like, I'm going to start wearing camo. And now everybody, their mother and their second cousin, wears camo. Right. And they think there's no other way to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I hate to tell you, but if you're wearing, and this is, this is military technology, I'm telling you. Our tanks were designed so that the patterns on them, if you ever see the original desert storm patterns, most of them weren't camo out there. They were blended against the, against the desert. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they took bigger and bigger patterns, and they started applying that to stuff so that you're actually washing out a little camo, camo pattern because a small camo pattern is much more visible than solid colors are in the woods. It's right. just a fucking fact. Mm -hmm. And everyone thinks you can blend into a tree. Yeah, the minute you move. Or the minute that you're next to something that doesn't match that pattern, you stick out like a fucking sore thumb. Right. So it doesn't really – everything is hype that they come out with. It's a gimmick. It's a gadget. No matter mm -hmm. what, even clothing. So now they came out with the scent-proof bullshit that doesn't make any noise and stuff like that. So, okay, people, when I'm hunt bow hunting in the early fall – my total ensemble from Kmart or from Walmart costs about $25 between the top and the bottom. Yep. Uh, one of the guys who comes to me so I can tune his bow, 
his fall hunting set is like $2,000 because that's what Sitka charges Sitka. it for. Yeah, for I their, knew it was going to be Sitka as soon as you said the price. <laughs> for their fucking system. Uh-huh, now, uh-huh. that's they're, they're the moderately priced guys in the industry because if you want to go first light for corrugated pants, which I've never laid my eyes on them. I don't know what they are. I don't know. It's like corrugated fucking cardboard or whatever it is. 800 bucks for a pair of pants? No fucking way. I'm not Holy paying that. Shit. I, <laughs> I'm not into that sort of thing. Now, Did you come with a blowjob? <laughs> it should for that price, don't you think? Jesus yeah. um, Christ. I, I have one of the nice. Under Armour like, scent jackets, but the only reason I have it is Stephanie worked for Under Armour at one point. Yeah. Now, I will give it to him. Like, it, it's also got the lining inside, the, the, what the fuck, the infrared lining. So the jacket, yeah. it is super thin and it is insanely fucking warm. God forbid it remotely gets near 30. You're sweating <laughs> bullets in this guy, especially me. You know, I, I sweat standing still. But, you know, it, it, it's good when it comes to that. Like, all right, fine. You won't smell. This is the loudest fucking jacket I've ever owned in my life. If I remotely move, you hear it. And I'm like, defeats the purpose. Okay, fine. They're not going to know I smell, but they're going to be like, what the fuck was that odd sound? You know, it's the strangest thing. Like, even for me, the dumbest thing that I've ever done, which I did it by accident. I was going to go hunting with my friends in New York in Orange County. And, um... You know, I, I'm not one to wear camo. Look, I'll, I'll wear a black jacket and, you know, either tan pants or yeah. fuck, if I happen to have blue jeans, I don't give a shit. I'll, or I'll wear black pants. Or I'll, I'll dress in all black. I don't care. I left my clothes by their fireplace. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go out there. Fuck it. I smell like smoke, but I smell like wood smoke. And there's a lot of houses in that area that happen to have fireplaces. Yep. Well, the, these deers must have knew where the other two were and they just were going around where they were and they were walking underneath me and I'm like okay why are they walking all by me and it's like and the you know the ego in you goes hmm, well, now I have my pick fuck them you know no one else is getting anything shot today except for me this is great so I end up shooting like a 10 point uh, like a 10 point let's think it was like a 170 pound buck whatever but wow, it was, you know, it was a, it was a nice size deer. He was big. He, you know, he, he didn't seem to have lose, lost too much weight from the rut and everything like that. But the deer had no idea where I was there. And they were all like, you know, whoa, our clothes are in the scent stuff and this, that, and the other. I'm like, you know what the problem is? I think really was is like literally the field we were in. There was a row of 15 houses in front on the road. And oh, yeah. It was all like, you know, the park area where you can hunt behind them and all the, the public land shit. Every one of those houses had a fireplace. And every one of them that day was lit because it was cold out. And here I am in clothes covered in fucking smoke, sitting in a tree and they not even a clue I was there. I was just sitting there like looking down, waiting for them, waiting for the right fucking deer to come by. And they were just. Oh, it's funny that you say that. Yeah, because here's the thing. Back in, I was about 15 the first time I ever hunted in Canada mm-hmm. with my teacher, and we were over there. And um, it's basically when they first started to come out with the original scent lock stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody's at this lodge, and these guys with their big money scent lock suits and all that. 
and I'm sitting there with, with, with my teacher and he's like laughing at them, whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, they got all that stuff in there. They put, they, they were rifle hunted and they're like putting apple scent on their risers and on their rifles and stuff like that. So, so the animals wouldn't smell them. Mm-hmm. Well, they all took off. And then the guy that we have, he's like laughing. He goes, those fuckers aren't going to see a goddamn thing because there ain't no fucking apples around here. And a deer that smells apples somewhere, there's no apples. They're going to laugh at and bolt the other way. Right. So then he goes, what? I said, well, what, what do you want to do? He goes, here. And he takes out a beehive smoker. And it's the same thing like you just described. Mm-hmm. They just light it up. They got to smoke. They spray you up with the smoke. Like we have a lot of lumberjacks around here. That was burning something. Smoke is normal to them. They'll they won't care about it. Yeah. But it's funny that you said that because they still do that to this day. Mm-hmm. And you can go on Amazon and buy a smoker there. <laughs> Just put in a little bit of paper and wood. Yeah. It's, smoke it's, it up. To me, it's smoke the strangest thing. I mean, you know, if you see what's in the natural environment, it actually does a better job than the whole scent killing stuff. And no one seems yeah. to pay attention to that. It's like if you take something from their net, you know, like down here. Everyone talks about the Georgia and the Georgia peach shit. We have more fucking peach fields here in South Carolina than I think the whole state of Georgia does. Um, it, I mean, seriously, I mean, I got Strawberry Hill Farm, what, two miles away? And it's one side is all strawberries and the other side is nothing but peach grows for as far as the eye can see. It's hysterical. And, you know, if, if you're in this area, the best thing for you to do is, you know, See what's around there. I mean, or any area you hunt in is, you know, go like in New York when they started doing the whole splitting the state into lots and everything and J zone and this zone and that zone. How many people would that I know that would go to the zones and have no idea what the fuck is in the area? Yeah. And it used to make me laugh. You know, I know guys that were getting the zone where it's um, out by Downsville, New York. Yeah, I know where it is. You know. They were like, oh, well, we don't know what to go up there, this and that. And I, I started laughing at myself because they were like, well, you know, what do you think is so funny? I'm like, my grandfather actually owned a cabin in Downsville because that's where him and my uncle used to go hunt. Yeah. Uh, like, well, what's your opinion? What should we do? I'm like, you really want my fucking opinion? They were like, yeah, <laughs> you know, if your grandfather's got him. I'm like, all right. One, go drive up there right now. It was like, it's the end of summer. Falls around the corner, hunting season's around the corner. You have like three weeks to spare. Go out there for a day. Take a fucking branch and take your hunting clothes and throw them in the fucking river and tie the branch down with yeah. your hunting clothes. They're like, why the hell are we going to do that? It's like, because all the fucking water, all the smell from that water will penetrate your clothes, dry them the fuck off, and they will have no idea if the deer comes by the water. They won't know you're there. Mm. And they were like, oh, well, where the hell did you figure that shit out? My grandfather was in the Italian Navy, and he figured out some weird shit. (laughs) So, and one of them happened to be is the deer in Downsville are really fucking stupid, and they like to go by the water. And if you smell like the water, they don't know you're there. You know, it was like one of them, like, weird, stupid things. You know, and if you go into this area over here, you, you know, it's like, watch out for the cow farm because the one dude don't don't go near his fence. His bull's an asshole. Trust me. It's like he's broken through the fence like four <laughs> fucking times. Don't go near that house. 
Well, are we going to be able to spot him? Yes, when he's running at you. That's 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 when you're going to spot him. When you have to run for your life, you know. It, it's just. Well, what do we do in that area? Don't go to that area. That's what you do in that area. So I, I used to tell him that all the time. Like, you see this house, and for some reason, it kind of looks odd that it's got the 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 boat wheel in white and a boat wheel in black on the barn. Don't go near that fucking property. You know, so we shouldn't go hunt in that area. No, because if that bull spots you and you happen to shoot a deer and it's it hears the gun going off, you better have more than three rounds because he's coming for you. How do you know that? He tried to maul one of my friends. So, you know, he he tried his damnedest. Good thing my buddy can climb a fucking tree because that bitch hit that tree at full speed. You know, it's like man. Those are the good old days when shit like that was, was going on. I mean, now it's just so different. Mm-hmm. Um, they've taken a lot of traditional fun out of stuff. Now everything is, how can you beat something with technology uh, oh, yeah. and and throw a lot at it? I, I just look at it like this. If you go back to basics, you can do anything you want. If you don't go back to basics and you make it more complicated, there's more shit's going to fail. Oh, yeah. So. Never. That that's why going back to the whole bow thing, like I think the more complicated you make something, the more troublesome you make it, and the more failure points you're gonna have. So mm-hmm. try to keep it simple and go from there. I mean, I can I can out shoot somebody with a two thousand dollar bow with a three hundred dollar stinger. I mean, it depends on the person who's actually shooting it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the more advanced the technology, the shittier it is to shoot. And that used to happen with target bows all the time, like. I knew guys who couldn't shoot for shit with their target bow, which was two grand, but they take out their hunting bow and they're, they're, they're tack driving with it. Right. So it's like, well, because you go back and you make it too easy or, or too complex, and it just makes it a lot harder to use. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, so, so that that's where the industry is gone. That's where it is right now where, I don't know, it, as long as I, I, I will, I will, let it go like this and when me and Richard talked the other night we brought up a certain person uh, and as long as she's still out there I have no faith that the industry will ever recover (laughs) so (laughs) as long as they allow (laughs) that woman to be out there um, yeah no it's not going to work out Uh, have you seen her lately (laughs) no no actually come to think of it no I haven't the latest the latest videos it looks like she's been attacked by Botox Oh God! That's oh dear God! Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Jesus! Yeah, I saw a saddle video of her, and I I almost fell out of my chair laughing. So Richard was convinced that she was the one who had a voodoo doll of me that that caused all the shit to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, it makes sense. <laughs> Die, you little bitch! And... Yeah, pr- pretty much. And I'm like, that's you funny. know, if that's if that's the case. Fine, I don't care. She's the one who has to look in the mirror every day and say, I'm an idiot. Hey, this is what it is. I mean, I, I don't know. See, I, <laughs> there's a lot of them right now that I, I've, over the last year, I've had to, like, stop completely watching. So, like, right <laughs> now, it, it's it's come down to the point where I, you know, I always watch Lancaster. I do like PJ Riley, you know. I won't dare play a drinking game to what he's saying because I might die. Um, 
you know, but him, uh, let's see, Elk Shape, Dan Stanton's mm-hmm. a, an absolute beast, you know, uh, Podium Archer, which is MFJJ, yep. because his reviews right now, to me, he's probably one of the top reviewers, in my opinion, because he, you actually see him time the vibration on the boat. He'll tell you, like, all right, shot went off, and the vibration stopped. Like, yep. he'll go into, like, detail like that. Foot per second, these arrows are 350, and this and that, and bah, bah, bah. You know, and in comparison to, like... The last one he did was the brand new 32-inch bow from Darton, and he was uh-huh. comparing it to their new 35, which I thought was really wild. And it, actually, that's another thing that I've been noticing, too. They're making longer bows faster. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's like brace heights. Prime is notorious for doing it. Their 31s are 7-inch brace height, make them nice and comfy, whereas the 35s are 6-inch. Now the mm-hmm. 31 and the 35 are the same speed. That seems to be also the case with Darton's bows, whereas the 32-inch bow was slightly faster. I think it was maybe five foot per second faster, but yeah. the 35-inch bow has really, really good speed. Um, and I know right currently right now that's the bow that Jack Wallace has been hunting with because he's posted some really cool uh, photos with it. And that's the bow he stated that he currently prefers. Um, so that, like, I've had a lot of people down here ask me, like, oh, do you have interest in shooting this? I'm like, the only one thing I have interest in shooting is Darton. That's it. <laughs> like, I have no intentions on changing from my EVL at the moment. I really don't. I shot the FX33. The only difference that between the bows in my opinion that was worthwhile was it had one more inch axle to axle slightly wider string angle but i couldn't justify switching from my evl to the fx33 so i didn't bother doing anything uh me and doug had joked around about me possibly going and swapping the evl for the omen and i'm not gonna lie that thought did cross my mind but yeah i wouldn't do it i shot an omen didn't like it Oh, no, I shot it with the E2 cam. So, I mean, it was nice. Uh, very, very front-loaded draw cycle. And then it just seems to evaporate, which is felt very strange, whereas the standard uh, Evolve cam is very, very linear pull to me. Um, yeah. And then I just thought about the fact of, you know, I already have the inertia. I do know I have, you know, obviously I, uh, I fucked up my spine. I broke a piece off my L4. I already know I have my shoulder problems. I really don't want to just fuck with the bow that's going to, you know, possibly cause me short, more shoulder problems. So I said, screw it. I stuck with my EVL. And, like, the only thing that I really have interest in is maybe trying the, the Darton Veracity. That would be about it, their 35-inch yeah. bow. So... So I still think they're going to get sued by PSE for that name because PSE had the ferocity. <laughs> I know. Ferocity. I know. Well, didn't PSE <laughs> get sued by Bowtech or one of them because they, oh, the Embark. It was Elite. Yep. So, because mm-hmm. Elite already had the Embark and then two years later, PSE has the Embark. Yeah. So. so, you know, it's it's oh. all those things where they come out with different different things trying to make it, you know, new and fresh, but it all goes back to the old technology. I mean, for years, everyone knew that a speedbow was less accurate because of the short brace height. Mm-hmm. 
So now they're making speedboats that have the tall brace height. And for those people who don't know, the bigger your brace height is, the the more forgiving it is because the arrow gets off the string faster. Right. It has less t- less less to travel on it, where it's got a lot more travel if you have a shorter brace height bow. Um, not to mention the fact that you can't fit certain rests on really short brace height bows, uh, and people hated that. Mm-hmm. But it, it is what it is now. Um, it, it's funny when you talk about the people you watch over there. The only thing I came across while I was laid up in the hospital is a girl that actually is, I think, from your neck of the woods over there. Uh, and she she hunts and fishes and does the whole thing. Uh, she's got her own channel. Called, her name's Hannah Barron. You probably oh yeah yeah she's from Alabama. Yeah, she yeah. is fucking nuts. Yes, she but is. She does, <laughs> she's not into like advertising stuff for the shit of advertising it. Mm-hmm. She's she'll go in there, grab a catfish, do the whole bit, kills hogs, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. That's somebody who should be representing companies in the woods, you know, because they're doing stuff the real way not this Mm -hmm. flashy dashy i'm wearing makeup while i'm up in a tree in a skin tight suit trying to do that i really really don't like any of that shit i I, I don't know i don't know sex sells no 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 no. like when you see the god i can get in so much fucking trouble for this Anyway, I'm going to say it anyway. Just say it. No, no. Th- like, when it. you see a lot of the other women that are hunting, you know, Eva Shockey, you know, she's got makeup on. Christy Titus has makeup on. Hannah Barron is like five foot nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? Completely athletically toned top to bottom. She is so fucking hot that she does not need makeup. Absolutely. At all. Yeah. Like, nothing. She just has that. And then when she talks, forget it. There's dicks rising around the whole fucking country the minute she starts talking. <laughs> she literally has that pure Southern Belle fucking accent. And you watch and her pull out. She's a generally nice person. Yes, yeah. and she, yeah, she is. She's super, super nice. But she has the nerve to go in the water and straight arm noodle catfish that are the size of her out of the water. Yeah. It's, in, it's, it's super impressive. Besides the fact that she's hot as shit, she actually can do the game. She can fish. She can hunt. She can shoot a bow. Don't get me wrong. She did make some memes of herself with the bow and the cross-eyed shit, which were absolutely fucking hysterical. So she can play both sides. She can play the game of knowing she's beautiful, but she actually has the talent to get it done. And on top of that shit, she's like the tomboy from hell because she does construction work with her dad. So this is like straight up the chick like she know I think she knows she's really really pretty and she ain't afraid of it. Like yep. And even when you see her the only time I don't and it's not on purpose. It's a bikini top. So so the only time she's technically sexualized is when she's in the water pulling a catfish out of the water. And majority of times, she's actually got full fucking shorts on while she's in the water. Yeah. She's not even in a bikini bottom. She's got like fucking Daisy Duke cut jean fucking shorts on. But, you know, and she's in a bikini top. The rest of the photos, you never see her like really no. bearing skin whatsoever. Like She's not trying to be like Sarah Bomar or anything like that. She's, she's, she's just being herself and that's how she's comfortable and that's what she's doing. Yes. So sure. that's what I like about her. 
and she's down down to earth, very wholesome. And if everybody who is advertising in the in the industry right now was like that, I think we'd be in a better place. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we got all the fakers and stuff like that out there. And mm-hmm. on that subject, um, I don't know if you've noticed it, but you haven't heard a lot from John Dudley lately, have you? No, not at no, all. No, we actually haven't heard from anybody. And that was a topic that um, Don keeps telling me at, at the Ranger at the Museum. He goes, are you guys recording again? Because there ain't shit out there for archery. Yeah. So No one's releasing, releasing new shit. No one's talking about nothing. No one's talking about what's going on in the industry. No one's doing this. Even if, even though you guys are loud, proud, and foul, um, <laughs> at least you're talking about shit. It well, the whole thing is that, and, and I hope it's not what's happening everywhere, but like Dudley, he had his knock on podcast all the time and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you noticed the minute he signed with Cisco, like that went to hell in a handbasket. Right. Everything just died down because, you know, he worked hard all his life to get a, a name and a brand and all that. And then he made his money because he signed up with Cisco and then everything turned into sick of this, sick of that. And you focus, you've already got your money. You focus on that. You got to deal with PSC. We haven't heard about a new PSC bow coming out from him. Now there's no new knock on bow or anything like that. So you wonder what goes on with people. And I don't know if it's like they work so hard, but then when they hit it, you know, and they make their money, do they just say, okay, I made it here. Now I don't care about anything else. I don't know what the deal is. Having met him before, I don't know if that's what was going on. Right. But you seen that was- over the whole t- total archery challenges last year. Almost uh, everyone. Yeah, because he he was doing it on the sicker ranges. He designed the sicker ranges for them. Mm-hmm. So you know he got so into it with Sika, and he was never a guy who would like push anything. I think what happened with the Bomar thing and the Under Armour going to Hell in a Handbasket, saying no more hunting stuff. When that pushed him free, and then he signed with Sika, that was pretty much the end of the normal John Dudley that we know. Mm-hmm. And he had other priorities at that point, which more power to him. If you, if you've made it to the point, you got to think about you, your family, your future. And if that's what does it for you, that's what does it for you. You know what I mean? But, um, I think that's happening to a lot of people now. And now, like you said, there's not a lot of archery podcasts out there anymore. Um, I've got three episodes getting released tomorrow of my own stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, that, I, I've been, you know, editing stuff. I did that marathon one with Richard, which was really on topics other than archery. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, well, we're God, damn near marathon here. Yeah, I know. You know, but it'll, it'll give something for people to listen to. Mm-hmm. They're not getting a lot out there, and no, I, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say it like this: um, there are about ten archery podcasts that I know of right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Kafaru is everything, including archery. There's yours, there's mine, there's Richard's, stuff like that. Um, but there's a couple of smaller podcasts that exist out in the West Coast. I'm not going to say who the people are, but the host, the reason why these podcasts are not popular, because the fucking hosts come out as absolute and total arrogant assholes. Ooh. So they come off oh. like they're from the West Coast. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> see, see, we're kind of balanced here. Anthony's the arrogant asshole, and I'm the idiot. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Jesus! <laughs> I, 
I'm fucking serious. I listened to two of them, and I literally almost punched through through my through my heads up display in my car. Mm-hmm. Listening to them, I'm like, you piece of shit. I'm listening to this stuff. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. Whatever. I had one guy also locally here in New York City who knew nothing about hunting and started his own podcast and turned it into something else that it wasn't. And yeah, I said I made a couple of comments about that, and now he's gone away and he has to come back <laughs> so like the the content is not really out there there's not a lot and because of life reasons some of us don't have time to do it all the time exactly. but but now you know we're trying to put out as much as we can mm-hmm. um jeremy always ha- finds something to talk about on yes. this podcast <laughs> I, I sometimes they just sit there and they stare at each other like what the fuck are we going to talk about now oh okay <laughs> you know it's like I'm, I'm looking forward to our are coming up season here that we're going to get into because I'll be a little bit more busier with my ASC's, ASA season. Yeah. Anthony plans I'm doing a lot more shoots this year. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to. So, I'm finally you know. going to Hendersonville next weekend. That should be a uh, a fun shoot because that is the course you don't mess around on. It is like <laughs> 25 degree, 30 degree uphill inclines. Like, like. That is literally what everyone jokes around and calls, you know, North Carolina's tack course. So <laughs> I am looking forward to that next weekend. So, well, you know, yeah, I got I got Gold Coast next weekend. Mm-hmm. We've had relatively stable weather up here. It got cold, but we haven't had a single snow yet this whole year here in New York. Um, wow. New York City has gotten no snow upstate by my my house in Oneida County. We've gotten tons of storms already hit us up there. But New York City, nothing. I mean, nothing. Wow. So normally when it's this raw up until January, we're going to get creamed. Mm -hmm. So right now I still got people at the outdoor archery range and they're shooting out there. Like, sure, it's 30 degrees, but they don't care. 30, 40 degrees today was 56 degrees. They didn't give a shit. Right. Um, They're out there shooting, but the minute that the cold hits in, we don't have the the Florida luxury. We're going to get hammered. Oh, I know it's, it was eighty at my range this morning. Like, fuck, Holy eighty, shit. dude. We got we got up to eighty by the time I left the range. I was like, son of a bitch. Oh my god. Well, I got my kids. Then you tell me uh, that you're you're sitting in like sixties. I'm like, oh motherfucker, please. No, I, was, I was fifty. Today's high was fifty five and like rainy and muggy as shit. Oh, well, today the fog was so bad you couldn't see ten feet in front of you. That's how bad it was over here. I can believe. Oh, it. we had yes. fog this morning. Fog was freaking insane. Yesterday we had 56 degrees over here, but my kids who are in Jersey, who are those girls are still hunting until the end of February over there. Um, they said the weather's really screwed up because normally we stop seeing the bears end in November. They're already denning up and all that. Right. Uh, my 16 year old counted in two days uh, 41 bears. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, yogis and boo boos. And that's uh, about a quarter mile away from her house. Wow. And some of the pictures that I've seen, you're not talking about little 200-pound yearlings. We're talking about 400, 450, and this is one that I know is tipping six. Damn. So they're not going to sleep. The weather's all messed up. It's bad. Oh, I'm like, what the fuck is Brandon playing on the video games in the background? And Doug's... No, that's... Sorry. So anyone hears loud banging, that is the jackasses in my neighborhood lighting fireworks right now. So Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what is that noise? And I'm 
I'm trying to look past Doug to see what game Brandon's playing in the background. Um, Brandon's Doug's son. But um, no. Uh, so if you hear loud popping in the microphones, they're lighting fireworks in my neighborhood because it's New Year's Eve. So there we go. Well, I figured it was either that or ATF raiding the house next door to you. <laughs> no, they would probably raid my house. Uh, I am damn sure I am the one on the block with the weapons. So that's for sure. I, I am certain of it. Like I opened my garage door and my neighbor was like, you got enough arrows? Why are you being fucking nosy? <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, but you do. I mean, you look at my desk. I have, fuck, probably six to eight dozen arrows on my desk, like standing up. Because oh, I have different types. I print my obviously <laughs> Stephanie's business. I print all the pocket quivers, so I have pocket quivers all over my desk, and every single one of them is full. <laughs> so, you know, I have plenty of arrows. Um, yeah. So my neighbor's like, Jesus Christ, you got enough? I'm like. Well, yes, I have enough. Well, they're from different companies. Yeah, I know. Do you get them for free? Because one of the people in the neighborhood found out that I did this podcast with Doug. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't get them for free. Well, well why not? I'll take free shit. Yeah, I was like, it. yeah, for sure. Send me free shit, whatever. Um, but, you know, I'm like, no, I don't get them for free. Have you listened to this podcast? Yeah, yeah, I heard some of it. <laughs> like, you guys are very blunt. Like, oh, that's the nice way to put it. Thanks. You know, but I'm like, yeah, no, no, we don't get well, the, the thing. I, the, the thing I like about your podcast is I can let loose over here and I don't have to worry about anybody listening to me who knows me because, that's fine. because the kids are not allowed to listen to us. That's fine. You know, I, I tell everyone, fine. you know, everyone that's ever decided to like talk with us and stuff I'm like you're free reign to say whatever you want. Don't be afraid of shit. You know, and for the podcast that I did with Richard the other night. Hmm. They are forbidden from listening to that thing because I think I dropped more f bombs in five minutes Listen. on that thing than I've ever done in my life. Yeah, <laughs> not much is going to keep up with the one before that that Rich did. Uh, I mean, I was impressed. I curse a lot. Necessary. Yeah, but I mean, I curse a lot, and I heard so, like I tried to keep count for like five minutes, and he just overdid it. And I love Rich to death, but man. Woo! That Jack got control of him on that one, boy. Woo! That was. Oh no! And the thing is that when I did the podcast with him, he didn't remember anything that went on during. No, no, yeah, that was the best part about it. I mean, (laughs) Doug, I mean, you really do have to listen to it. Like he, he went raw and emotional, and he said the words that Americans don't like to say because Americans are woke and it's domestic violence in a word, and. Fucking rich went balls to the wall, just running with it. <laughs> it, it. It was great. Well, well, I I I moderated him a little bit on our podcast, but mm-hmm. he did he he did go balls to the walls a couple of times. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, mean, uh, I was like, oh boy, here yeah, we go. No. Oh no, I th- I thought it was great. Uh, see, I, I like when people are. <laughs> are like full-blown just being themselves and do what you got to say and mean it. I don't care. Like, to me, that's great. But, like, that was so, like, like, I'm so used to when you hear Rich talk, and and a lot of it, don't get me wrong, it's that typical way Americans think, oh, he's got the British accent, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, even when he curses, it sounds polite. It really does. That podcast was not polite. 
That was an American cursing with a British accent. <laughs> Who was absolutely fucking drunk. So, I mean, oh, it, it made it like Connor. totally worth it. The, the best thing was he would say, just a second, I'm going to take another shot of this honey. <laughs> this honey jack or something. I mean, you're like, ah, I'm feeling it wear off. Okay, sure, <laughs> bud. You know, but it was, I mean, it was, it was, it, that was like the most, and I can understand a lot of the frustrations because he did go on like a little bit of a politic bender and, uh, you know, you see all the news of what's going on in the UK and what's going on in America and how we're all butting into too much fucking bullshit. So I completely understand why he went off it because, you know, even in the podcast, he mentions how he had spoke to me earlier that day. And yeah. when me and him talk, you know, this is what they hear in England about what's going on in America. And I'm like, no, this is actually what the fuck is happening here. You know, mm -hmm. you're... People are hearing that. I'm like, if you want, I'll send you the information about what is actually going on here compared to what they're telling you guys over there. And, you know, well, I heard about this going on in England and he does the same thing. No, no, no. That, that's not what happened there. This is actually what happened here. So both of our fucking medias are absolutely full of shit. But <laughs> and then you get me and him talking about this guy's an asshole and this guy's an asshole. And now these people look stupid and then these people look stupid. And why the fuck are we all butting in over here? It has nothing to do with us. And, you know, and I, I think that conversation kind of fueled the rant that was in yeah. his podcast, which I, Hey, whatever. I'll add fuel to the fire. I'm good with that. That's fine. <laughs> sometimes that's the best fucking more part. More fuel. More fuel. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's good to poke the bear, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I got the gas. You got the matches. That's it. Burn exactly. this bitch down. You know, so. so so I was trying to motivate the guy because he was talking about his weight loss and stuff like that. I was trying to motivate him on the podcast that we talked about to do that. That's why I started up a whole separate channel for it and all that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, this is wonderful. You know, this is the greatest thing. I've very, very good to, for him to hear. And, and and not for nothing, if it works for even one person, he 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 could really identify with it because not for nothing when, when you're when you're on a, a bender of your life or something like that and you, you get to a point where you just don't give a shit about anything anymore sometimes the right motivational speaking talking to you talking to me will help you get on the right path and i think that's where he is right now right but god help us man he he didn't remember shit from that one well, I, <laughs> like oh boy no see like I, right now especially and i mean hell we can get on that subject too because like right now, I I agree with a lot of the things he says when it, when he when he was going off on his rant. I do agree with yeah. the fact that society right now is pretty much kicking dudes in the fucking dick. They're trying to make all guys a bunch of bitches, and Rich is coming to terms with the fact that he kind of allowed himself to be that way, and he's sick and tired of being passive, and he wants to fucking bring yeah. back his pride and he wants to lose the fucking fucking gung ho bitch let's do this shit you know i'm that type of person i'll and he knows it too like me and him tomorrow and then anybody else wants to look this up fucking feel free um everyone knows i follow guys like jocko willink david goggins um andy Frasilla, you know all yeah. these guys that are fucking hardcore crazy so i figured uh i have seen this thing from jocko Jocko is doing what he calls the discipline reset and it's only a one month program. So I figured that was the easiest thing because a lot of it has to do. A lot of it is very similar to some of the stuff you would see in 75 hard. You get up at a specific time, 
It's not just to get up and go to work. You have to get up at a time where you can accomplish something. So it's either you're going to prep your fucking meals for the entire day, or you're going to get up and you're going to go do your workout before work. And like, it, there's a whole entire system eating clean. Um, you're supposed to, let's say, you know, consume water, no sugary drinks, no candies for a month. Um, like, I think the equation technically is supposed to be, you're supposed to have two ounces of water per pound of your weight. So one ounce of water per two pounds of your weight. I said that backwards. One so, ounce of water per pound of weight usually, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, one ounce of water per two pounds of your body weight. Okay. So, you know, for me, someone who's 200 pounds, I'm supposed to have, you know, basically 100 ounces of water a day. So basically yeah. three quarters of a gallon. Then, you know, you go on so forth and, and so on. And I told Rich, I'm like, if you're interested in doing this, I'll do it with you. And it was the, you know, well, I thought you were going to do 75 hard. I'm, I don't give a shit. If you want to take the initiative to get some shit done, I'll hold mm-hmm. you accountable. You hold me accountable. We'll do this shit together. Exactly. We fucking ride out. Let's go. And if you do good at it and you want to do 75 hard, I will send you the fucking protocols because me and Stephanie have both fucking done it. And don't get me wrong. I like 75 hard. The two workouts a day it really makes you go fucking crazy. But the on the day 76, when you have a beer, you feel like a bitch. Because 75 days of not having a drink, and all of a sudden, one Budweiser later, and you feel like the biggest lightweight bitch on the planet. You're like, woo, I'm tipsy off one. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, I've, I, and I've, now, I've done, you know, we've done it now twice. And Stephanie is actually starting 75 hard again. Tomorrow, I'm going to do the Jocko reset with Rich and stuff like that. So if anyone's interested in that, you could actually go to Jocko's uh, website. Uh, I think it's like JockoFuel.com or something like that. And it, it, the program pops up. It's the Discipline Reset. It actually is supposed to start tomorrow on January 1st for everybody, whatever. Um, it's a really cool idea, but I'm trying, I want to do it where I, if it has to be, like I said, you know, he can hold me accountable, I'll hold him accountable. And it's that push to get, him started in the direction he wants to go. So, you know, it's one of those things where you help a buddy out. Yeah, of course. You know, um, so he, he was asking about me and, and how I could, what, what I was doing, I said, you know what, if, if this is something that, because I tried doing the High Power Archery Challenge on my channel, and YouTube took it fucking down and said that, that I couldn't have it on there because I was giving fitness advice and I told them to go fuck themselves. I started my other, another channel, and now I just have it on there. I <laughs> I don't care what they fucking think about anything anyway. Well, YouTube wants to censor everybody. <laughs> so so I created a whole new channel on there, and that's starting off, and people can track me the way I'm doing and set anything as they want for the goal. It is what it is, um, and we'll see how long that stays up before they try to kill that one. Wow. I mean, the way YouTube is running, they, they, they try to kill every single thing possible. Well, if, if you actually mention a particular person's name, they will ban you right away now. So, oh, I can believe it. There's there's uh, several and, episodes of our podcast that are missing. Several. Yeah. So, really? Yes. Several. Like if you go through the the because Podbean automatically uploads it, and then they do like the whole just image of the off center archers with the little wavy thing for the audio, and there yeah. are tons of them missing. There's probably, I want to say at least fifteen of them. 
that are not really? on there? Oh, yeah, yeah, because the one I got the thing, we're removing this because you're giving medical advice. No, I didn't give medical advice. And we were talking, one of the podcasts actually, which was kind of funny, is that's missing is where me and Stephanie were talking about 75 hard for the first time. Okay. And Stephanie was talking about, I think Stephanie was like a month into it. The first, the first time she did it by herself, granted, I'm the one that cooks. So it's like, I have to follow along with it no matter what, which is yeah. fine. I have no problem eating healthy and shit. So it was like chicken and rice and broccolis and fucking whatever you eating healthy for two yeah. and a half months. So, and it got removed and I got an email from, from YouTube that the podcast we were giving out medical advice. So I replied to them, you know, being the jackass that I am. What medical advice did you hear me give out? Well, you referred to how much weight you were losing and you were following the program and this, that, and the other. Did I, did, did you fucking people hear me say for someone else to do this? Matter of fact, I said it was actually kind of hard because you're doing two 45-minute workouts a day. So this isn't something for the faint of fucking heart. This is for someone who is trying to get their discipline through the fucking roof. Not have, You're, you're going to teach yourself that it, even if it's fucking raining, you have to do your 45-minute workout outside and shit. So uh-huh. like, you never hear me actually say, well, this is what you should do. No, it's this is what I was doing, and today fucking sucked because it rained. And I was still <laughs> out there in my bullshit ass jacket that said it was waterproof and by the time i came in my entire upper torso looked like a fucking raisin because it ain't waterproof for shit you know (laughs) so and i was and they were like oh we'll restore it they never put it back up and i was like you know what fuck this it's on Podbean and shit fine because that's it just happened to be a perk where it'll automatically upload to youtube anyway so fine let it fucking do its thing i don't care but yeah they, they they remove and censor so much shit i mean um, well, I, I know on one I was it, making it, fun it, of a bunch of vegans that got removed. So, well, that's the vegan teacher that we got you removed for that. Probably, um, yeah, her with her but, pork fat filled fucking markers. <laughs> so, oh, no, you probably that, also said stuff about truth about how many animals actually get killed to give her her fucking vegan food. Oh, actually, the the actually, you know, that was a matter of fact, since you said the animals getting killed. I know for a fact one of the podcasts that got removed was when I mentioned that you're allowed to shoot cats in Australia. That podcast oh, got removed because it actually is legal to do because there are feral cats that are the size of dogs in Australia. Yeah. That podcast got ripped off YouTube. So Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this, this channel when I created is basically how to set a goal and how to get there. It says you can follow me through my weight loss thing. But as far as anything medical, anything like that, you got to go see a doctor. I'm only going to tell you where my progress is. You set your own goals for what you want to do. If you want to shoot better, if you want to do this and that, you know, so I've got different things on there and I continue to post them on there, but they haven't bothered me so far. I don't think they will. I, it's not going to, I'm wording it specifically so they can't say shit about it. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, that's how you have to play the game now. It's so strange. Like, I don't know. I, I'm such a person when it comes to like how you talk and this and that. I, I, I'm so pro like First Amendment and Second Amendment and all your fucking rights and shit. And I don't care what, do what people say. People are like, well, this person should be banned. Well, how are you going to know they're an asshole? You know, I'm one of those people like, you know, you know, yes. Do I think the fucking clan are a bunch of assholes? Fucking A, yes, they are. Do I want yep. them banned? You don't want to know something? No, I don't want them banned. 
well, why don't you want them banned? Because I want to know where every one of those assholes is so I don't go there. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. You know, if if they're all hanging around in Harrison, Arkansas, because a lot of people know that in Harrison, Arkansas, and the neighboring town, which is the headquarters of Walmart, is one of the largest fucking clan populations in the entire fucking country. Mm. Guess what town I ain't going to? That fucking town. <laughs> I won't give them my business. I won't give them shit. I don't care. Well, the only thing I know is that I fought for freedom of speech and everything else. Well, what they mean a really good bow. It's gone. <laughs> God damn, these guys are shooting off mortars now. That shit shook my garage door. God damn. That's what kind not of a mortar. people you got living next to you, man? Bro, the one... Oh, God. I don't care if he hears it. Fuck it. One of my neighbors looks like Dave Matthews. Really? My dead ass looks like him. Stephanie literally calls him Dave Matthews. So, and it's usually him, too. Like, he's so mellow and mild and calm and fucking 4th of July. This motherfucker's trying to blow the whole block up. And I'm like, go, buddy. My kid's out, you know, I got to worry about Anthony and shit. My son's autistic and shit with his fucking sparklers because he's that type of kid. The first year was like, oh, my sparkler went out and then grabs the hot end. You heard that one? Oh, I just, oh, yeah. damn, that was a mortar. Yeah, yeah, they're shooting off mortars now. So, you know, but, and I'm like, I, I feel like such oh, a cheap ass. I got these little spinning 11, fucking. So sounds about right. Well, I got these, what the, they're like little spinning ladybugs. It's a jumping jack with a fucking ladybug thing. Anthony loves them. My son loves them. So whatever. I buy shit to appease my kids. I'll buy a couple rockets and the, the little volcano fountains. And homeboy over here has got a fucking mat of firecrackers going down the street. He's got four tubes in the street blowing mortars off. And I'm like, I really feel like a broke ass busted bitch right now. Because homeboy's trying to fucking let Vietnam know we're coming back. You know? And I'm over here like the fucking pretty princess with fucking volcanoes in the street and shit. You know, you feel like such a punk ass. You know. Oh, boy. Well, we're about an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes away from from the new year. (laughs) Pretty much. It's been a long day for sure. Uh, Fucked up 2022. 2020. (laughs) You missed the number. (laughs) So. All right, so you guys want to bring this to a wrap? Oh, what happened? Uh, oh, the angel's uh, back. There we go. Everybody's back. I didn't think that. I, well, I would we be never back. saw you go. That was I weird. Didn't think I saw you freeze. I far yeah, so did you. Like, yeah, you were saying something and it just dead silence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right. I so, can hear me. Let's bring this to a wrap then. We'll get, I'll get yeah. this published before the night is over here. Angel, let everybody know where they can find you at, sir. Well, you can find us at highpowerarchery.com. You can email me at highpowerarchery at gmail.com. Our YouTube channels are uh, youtube.com slash highpowerarchery. And our new channel is youtube.com slash at highpowerarcherychallenge. And you can check those out, see what they're all about. Um, and we promise not to have any fireworks blowing up in the background while you're listening to all that. But uh, as usual, it's always great being on here. Like I said, I, I'm fortunate for every day that I get to be around. So as long as I made it on here again, hopefully we can do this again. Absolutely. Oh, anytime, anytime you want. If you ever think of a topic you want to like 
just go uncensored on. Just give me the give me the call, bro. It's on. We'll do it. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll just wait for for someone to put something out there that really pisses me off. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, just, just, you got my phone number. You have every way to contact me. Just be like, yo, Saturday, we're doing this shit. Okay, let's do it. I'm good. Look so. at that. Just check my new channel. I've already got my first subscriber. Go figure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even put it out there yet. Okay. <laughs> so this was fun. Yes, sir. Everyone. Oh, yeah. You know, have a good time. Get out there. Go shoot your bows. Be safe. Have fun doing it. Remember, we all started shooting bows because it was fun and not damn serious. And that's why we and Doug and all the boys, we like to run our damn mouths. So. <laughs> yeah. Never much. Yes, sir. So, everyone, have a good night and enjoy it. And enjoy your new year. <laughs>